The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. Uh, this is Pat Gray. 888 uh, to join in any anytime you'd like. Um, uh, I was just um, on Glenn's show on the on the on the radio show uh, talking about this unbelievable situation in Portland, the, where they're going to stop labeling gang members as well gang members because it disproportionately affects minorities <laughs> okay well wait are minorities disproportionately gang members I, I i mean are you saying that's not the case because if that's not the case then yeah something's wrong but if it is the case then so what for 20 years the portland police bureau has cataloged gang members and known associates in its databases But after pressure from some in the community, that's going to be wiped clean because of arguments that minorities are unfairly targeted. Police were able to add someone to the list if the person self-identified as a member of a gang. Okay, so they said, yes, I'm I'm a crip or I'm a blood. I'm in the gang. If they participated in a gang initiation ritual... If they committed a gang-related crime or displayed two or more observable signs of gang membership. Pretty reasonable, right? So more minorities do that, apparently, than white people. Well, if that's the... So what? I mean, that's unbelievable. If they are the gang members, then you label them as such. I mean, we're just in real trouble. If 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 you can't call somebody what they are... If you can't say that's a gang member and we're going to keep an eye on them or that's a gang member and they, they've committed a crime and we're going to try them for it, then we're just going to break into chaos here. And this is insane. Captain Mike Krantz of the police force said gang violence isn't going to go away. Yeah, that's right. We're not pretending gang violence doesn't exist. We're just taking this one thing away. <laughs> the one thing of labeling people gang members? Why would you do that? Uh, man, I mean, they said uh, no one will be labeled a gang member anymore at all, but the department will continue recording criminal conduct, gun possession, or involvement with a crime, and those things will still flag on officers' computer screens. But gang affiliation, gang designations, completely wiped from the system. And according to a former blood gang member, he says it's a beautiful thing. Well, of course, they can no longer label anybody. Some people deserve a label. If you're a gang member, then you need to be labeled a gang member. Uh, It's it's just like the whiners who say, Uh, no human being is illegal. Well, yeah, if they're here illegally, they're an illegal alien. It's just that simple. Uh, I... Ugh. It drives me out of my mind. Then there's the, the TSA nonsense, which this this new enhanced pat-down procedure that they instituted a few months ago. Uh, there was a reporter, and I think this reporter is from USA Today, 
He had a firsthand experience with it. Went through a metal detector, and <clears throat> then he was random. So he went through the metal detector already. Then he was randomly selected to see if a machine would detect explosives on his hands. So his palms were swabbed, and the machine did detect explosives on his hands, even though he didn't have explosives, hadn't been handling them, hadn't been near them. There were no explosives actually on his hands. The machine just thought there were. So he went through this incredibly intrusive uh, molestation process that the TSA likes to put people through. And what they like to do is uh, they, the TSA agent then runs their hand underneath your waistband and all around your underwear waistband. Oh. Yeah. And then they also run the hand up the back of each leg until they meet resistance. I'm sorry? I'm not sure what that means. I guess I, uh, one or the other buttock, perhaps. <laughs> or when they run their hand up the front of your leg, perhaps they run into your crotch area. <laughs> and then what they do is they run their hand over your crotch up to four times. And in fact, he said while he was there, uh, another guy had his crotch touched eight times. Now, I'm sorry. You know what's in there. Okay. You, if it's not metallic, leave it alone. Stop touching it. I just, I, you know, we, we shouldn't have to put up with this. We shouldn't have to go through this. We shouldn't have to be molested. Just to take a flight. It's nuts. And this guy says, I'm not a crazy ACLU type. I've had no problem with body scanners or previous TSA pat-downs. In 2009, a terrorist famously smuggled a bomb in his underwear aboard a U.S. flight. But an agent of the state should probably only touch a citizen's genitals seven or eight times if the agent has reasonable suspicion. Which is exactly right. If they think that there's a gun in your pants, maybe they need to check. But when the machines aren't calibrated properly um, and there's no explosive on, on your hands when they say there is, and, and so they stand there and, and just feel you up continually for five to ten minutes, we just we don't need to put up with that. It's not helpful. It's not working. It's not saving lives. And, and, and everybody says, well, I, I don't mind doing this for our safety. It's not for our safety. It's, it's, this is not keeping us safe. When they do this randomly, if they were doing it because they suspected somebody of something, then it might help. If they were doing this because somebody looked suspicious, acted suspicious, was from a suspicious place, then, you know, if we treated this like Israel does, and yes, Israel profiles, because that's the intelligent thing to do. When somebody is committing a crime and you've seen them do it, and then you see somebody who looks like that, uh, then you you check them out. That's what profiling is. If a white guy uh, steals money from a 7-Eleven and then gets in a car and drives off, the police don't stop a bunch of Hispanics and black people. They stop a white guy. That's profiling because that's who committed the crime. It's madness. It's madness. And I just, I just want it to stop. And I just, I, you know, too, too often we're just too willing to put up with all this nonsense. Too willing to give up certain freedoms or privacy for our security. And, you know, Ben Franklin said it a long time ago and so did Thomas Jefferson. If you're willing to sacrifice 
your uh, your freedom for your security. You lose both, and you don't deserve either. And I, I'm just I fully agree with that. Then there's this. Alex Jones, fortunately for for us, there is an Alex Jones who's willing to do the hard work. <laughs> a guy who's who's willing to say the tough things and find out the difficult information. Uh, I mean, how else would we know that our president right now is being drugged by the deep state? Well, we wouldn't know. If not for Alex Jones, here's what's going on. Small amounts of sedatives. It, it, it's known that most presidents end up getting drugged. I love that statement. It's known that most presidents end up getting drugged. It's known by who? Small dosages of, of, of uh, sedatives till they build it up. Mm-hmm. Trump's such a bull. He, he hasn't uh, fully understood it yet. But I've talked to people. Multiple ones, that, and they believe that they are putting right. a slow sedative that they're building up mm-hmm. that's also addictive in his Diet Cokes and Cokes. in his iced tea, iced tea, and that the president by six or seven at night is six. basically slurring his words and is drugged. <laughs> at first, they had to isolate him to do that. But yes, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I've talked to people that talk to the president now at nine at night. Yeah. He is slurring his words. Slurring his words like I'm slurring my S's right now. And I'm going to leave it at that. I've talked to folks that have talked to him directly. He's talked to people who have talked to him directly. So I haven't talked to him directly. That's an indirect route. I've talked talked to people who talk to him directly. Okay. Uh, Yeah, again, that's that's not directly. But hold on a second. You've talked to him indirectly. I just want to make the point. If he's Uh, talking to people... Who talk have to talked him. to Trump mm-hmm. directly, mm-hmm. and Trump is on these drugs, because yeah. I thought the whole premise was that he didn't know he was being drugged. Is Trump confirming that he's being drugged? I'm so lost here. Well, I, I you know, don't try to think too deeply about okay. it in Alex Jones' statement, Sorry. because yeah, it could get very, very ugly. It's rough. But, I mean, this is the guy who has brought us a, a lot of information that we wouldn't have otherwise known. Uh, I mean, you remember how emotional he got over this issue at the airport. And to feel what the children are feeling. Mm. God almighty. (laughs) 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 Folks, we gotta gotta get good people to stand up against these people. I probably shouldn't even have done this radio show today because I have this disgusted cover Mm -hmm. for how I just hate the globalists, but it's more than that. And I I just get flippant and angry, but it's because deep down, folks, I can see what they're doing and we have a responsibility Mm -hmm. to stop these globalists. That's for sure. Where are the men in this country? Where Where are are the the men men in this world? What the hell have we become? Where are the men? We just offer our children up to the system with the fluoride and the water and the GMO (laughs) hurting them. And we let fat perverts grab them at the airport to train them for the pedophile government. Yeah. Yeah. And we've just got such a sick society. Yeah. I mean, where are the men? Where are the men? They've all been killed by fluoride. 
<laughs> and? and kidnapped at the airport, taken and molested. That part is true. Obviously, Wait a <laughs> just had a story about how they're being molested. <laughs> so the men are being molested at the airport. So we're going to find less men at the airport because they don't want to be molested. Uh, but uh, this is something that we wouldn't have known if if Alex didn't bring it to the table. Donald Trump is being systematically drugged. It's building up in his system. Uh, he's, you know, I guess they have access to his Diet Coke. I guess they have access to his iced tea. Uh, doesn't he have a presidential tester there? Because the queens and the royalty used to have a taster who would make sure that the food wasn't poisoned before the royalty would eat it. The least we could do is that for Donald Trump in the White House. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's no end to, co- to to the kinds of things that Alex Jones has turned us on to. You'll never, like this. never defeat the human spirit. Right. You'll never, never defeat God. You'll mm-hmm. never, never win. Never win. You never. Never. You never, ever. You globalists. You never. Deep state people. And this is where we get tested. So rejoice to God Almighty mm-hmm. for this animating contest of liberty. Ah! You can't argue with that. You just you. Wait. Yeah, guys. I don't know what he was saying. I think we lost you, our premise. Who's on drugs? You can't argue with that. Uh, the president. Okay. Yeah, the president. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there. There's. Uh, it's rough. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, amazing. I mean, it's it's just amazing the things that he has he has discovered. And I was told by a genetic engineer about mm-hmm. a project they were on in England. They like had this. tanks, people with gills, and they're little babies, and they were in there just gulping, clawing at the sides. Mm-hmm. You see a turtle at the zoo, and it wants out, and you feel for it. Yeah. They got humanoids crossed with fish and stuff. Brain chips in the trips. They <laughs> give the trips special vaccines that are really nanotech that already re-engineer their brains. Now, there it is, the gay bomb. What do you think tap water bomb? is? It's a gay bomb, baby. There's also <laughs> reports about the feminization of fish and frogs. Large percentages of uh-huh. them uh, are bisexual. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. I'm sick of being social engineered. It's not funny. Globalist. I've gotten a lot of criticism for not coming out and saying that Sandy Hook is an inside job. My God, (laughs) we're not going to keep babies alive and harvest their organs. We're not going to sell their parts for women's cosmetics. We're not going to have Pepsi with baby flavoring in it. It's coming out very, very quickly (laughs) that the entire election was manipulated by the Russians. Narrative is a huge, gargantuan, colossal hoax. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And in major prestigious reports, mm-hmm. uh, government studies major prestigious find reports. that shrimp are just swimming right up to birds. Right and being up to eaten. Them. Being eaten. They're overconfident. They're overconfident. They're they're on suicide missions. Governors removed. <laughs> They've had their compulsions uh, removed. They've had their mm-hmm. fear level. And this is what the studies, when they approved Prozac in '81, mm-hmm. had shown. That's why mm-hmm. it's now on the drug insert. That, oh, yeah, most of the time you're going to be having a great time. It's a hallucinogen. It's in a psychotropic uh, category. There's nothing more fun than Prozac. some days, if you get angry Mm -hmm. or you don't take the right amount of the medication or you try to go off of it or you mix it with other things. Uh Uh-huh. Do tell. You will break and go in and kill 20 people at a school. Or you'll chop your baby's arms off. Or or you'll put your kids all in their car seats. That happened to me three times last week alone. Really? I I chopped the arms off of babies three times last week. I didn't realize it was a Prozac. I should have listened to this first. Chain them in and drive them off a cliff. Darn it. In every case, Ah! in every case, they've always been on it. Yeah. And I've talked to so many police. They say they'll pull up at 
He's talked to a lot of people, this to guy. To a call, and there'll be a beautiful naked woman, oh. one case a cop told me about, <laughs> cutting herself with butcher knives on the roof. And then she'll just jump Wait. off the roof, breaking her legs. She's on Prozac <laughs> or a serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Okay, a serotonin reuptake inhibitor re-uptake. made a beautiful naked woman jump off a roof and break her legs. Uh, I'm going to look for that story on the internet because I, I haven't... Uh, you would think that makes some news, but I... But again, that's why Alex is here. He he finds all the things that they tried to hide from us in the deep state. Okay? Thank you. All right. 888-900-3393. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. CosmoHurtsKids.com is on a mission. CosmoHurtsKids founder is Victoria Hurst. Now, that might sound familiar because her family, Victoria's family, is is the Hurst family. The Hurst Corporation is the publisher of Cosmopolitan magazine known as Cosmo. And she believes that Cosmo contains pornography that's harmful to children. So she's not trying to censor the magazine. She doesn't want them to change it for her. She doesn't want to put them out of business. She just, her goal is to have the state's material harmful to minors laws applied to Cosmopolitan magazine. So then it couldn't be sold to any kids under 18. Is that, I mean, that's not too much to ask, right? So if you feel good about this, and I, I certainly do, and if you agree with Victoria, you uh, and you would like to learn more about the Cosmo Hurts Kids campaign, visit CosmoHurtsKids.com. She believes in free speech. And again, she's not trying to censor them or put them out of business. She just believes that we all need to take a stand against pornography being sold to anybody under 18. So visit CosmoHurtsKids.com. That's CosmoHurtsKids.com. Pat Gray Unleashed. On the Blaze Radio Network. Now back to Pat Gray. Thank you. On the Blaze Radio Network. It's 888-933-93. The uh, it's Pat Gray. Uh, I you know, Alex Jones. It, it's is uh, he's an investigator. He's a truth teller. Uh, he is a a man who's passionate about a lot of things, and sometimes that just spills out of him. Okay, let me say this right now. Let me tell. I'm not against gay people. Okay, I love them. They're great folks. Okay, but Schiff looks like the archetype. Mm-hmm. archetypal sucker oh with those little deer-in-the-headlight eyes and mm-hmm. all his stuff, and there's something about this fairy hopping Ooh. around, bossing everybody around, trying to intimidate mm-hmm. people like me and you. I want to tell Congressman Schiff and all the rest of them, hey, listen, hole, quit saying Roger and I, and I, don't, I, I never used cussing in 22 years, but never, I, the gloves are off. Years. Listen, you son of a What uh, the f- your problem he seems pretty good at it for being so out of practice there's no rust to knock off or anything that's impressive man (laughs) when you can hop right back on the bike and ride that's fantastic and then of course he feels bad we're gonna beat your ass you just get that through your stinking traitorous heads excuse me excuse me i apologize we have a lot of christian (laughs) affiliates i am a christian but i will stomp your head in if you start a fight with me you thug scum anyways excuse me ladies and gentlemen bunch of cowards (laughs) Excuse me. Uh, I'm going to control myself right now. She is a demon mm. damned mm. to hell. 
Excuse me. I've been trying to control myself, trying to be professional about You're this. Doing really well, too. But at a certain point, I just really am well. just really getting pissed. Excuse me. We're not going to have Pepsi with baby flavoring in it. Right. I, I mean, what mm -hmm. the hell have we become? Excuse me. If I didn't have a liberal <laughs> from New York in the bathroom, I couldn't wipe my ass. Excuse me. I apologize. We have a family audience. That yeah. was wrong, and I won't do it again. You think I'm a coward like you? I'm sorry. You dishonorable, cowardly pieces of garbage. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, but he hasn't sworn in 22 years. That's the good thing. No. And then he—it's a family man, show. When he wants to, he could fall right back into it. Uh, but then he feels bad. Uh, just amazing. There's actually people who believe the stuff that he sells. And make no mistake, he's selling stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, just look at his website. He's making a lot of money from supplements and uh, all kinds of paraphernalia that that he sells online. And uh, and then he tears his shirt off to show you the results. And wow, is it impressive. <laughs> it is so impressive. Good look. All right, 888-900-3393. The new iPhone is coming out, and they're making a big deal out of it, obviously. It's always a big deal when an iPhone comes out. It's kind of interesting because... Uh, Motorola has come out with a new uh, a, a new smartphone that you can put different attachments on it, and then you can do things like it'll have a uh, uh, it'll project movies up on a wall, and you can make it as big as you want. And it's incredibly clear, and I mean that sounds like a really cool innovation. I don't know the last really big innovation Apple did with the iPhone, um, but it's it's been a while. Now they've got some new features like. I guess the cameras are always better. I, they just keep improving the camera. I wish he'd come up with something else. And then and then instead of the the touch technology to open up your phone with your thumb, the finger identification, it's going to be facial identification. Which, again, is kind of cool. Hmm. But once the phone is open and you're using it, it's nothing new. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing else there. But uh, Tim Cook teased the introduction of the new device with these words over the past decade we've pushed forward with innovation after innovation bringing us to this moment when we can create devices that are far more intelligent far more capable and far more creative than ever before so some of the features on this <clears throat> are that it it's got the highest pixel density whatever that means um so it's you know again really good quality graphics and whatever uh, they have a super retina display. That's the facial recognition. It's 5.8 inches diagonally. And it's the first OLED display in an iPhone. So the OLED technology, they have that in it too. Like the iPhone 8, which I didn't even know there was an iPhone 8. I thought thought it stopped at 7, but I guess not. So this is the iPhone 10. It also has true tone display technology. Um, and it's going to cost... Hmm? A thousand dollars, one thousand dollars for a phone. Is it a good phone? Yeah, I'm sure it is. But a thousand dollars when in six months from then or a year tops, it'll be obsolete. And iPhone 11 will be out and you'll have to have that too. And then are you going to spend another thousand dollars? And it's a thousand dollars, by the way, for the 64 gig for the 256. Mm -hmm. It's eleven hundred forty-nine bucks. Eleven hundred forty-nine dollars. <laughs> Did you even see what happened when they tried to? Uh, uh, they were using a demo phone yesterday. 
Did you catch wind no. of that? Yeah. No. So did they, what were they? Uh, they were displaying it. Yeah. So they were doing a presentation, and he's trying to unlock the phone because there's no home button now. And oh, that's right. The, that's the other thing. That's the big innovation. There's no home button. Yeah. You swipe up. To it's get swipe to your, up. No. Yeah. So so it's now facial recognition, and uh, well, it failed. It wouldn't unlock for him. You got to be kidding. And as this is happening, the stock is uh, the stock price is tanking. <sighs> And they had to get a second demo phone uh, to unlock. Oh my gosh! So, uh, so the facial technology did not work. Didn't work on uh, phone number one. Oh, that's unbelievable! <laughs> so that's unbelievable <laughs> in a thousand dollar phone. Yeah, it's an ancillary problem whether you can get into it or not. Wow. So I guess you can pre-order on October twenty seventh if you're gonna. And you know, people are everybody's gonna do this. It's gonna sell a ton. It's gonna. I mean, Apple's going to get even richer. They'll probably hit the trillion-dollar mark uh, because of this phone. Although their stock is going the other way because of the screw-up. <laughs> but eventually, uh, once this sells 5 million, 10 million units, the stock's going to go back up, and and everybody's going to have to have it. And it, uh, It's just really interesting how Apple has created this um, aura about their products. They've Steve Jobs did a, an absolute genius job of marketing the stuff that he sells. And that's why there's even probably superior products. I mean, some of the Android Android phones have done this stuff long before this I, Apple iPhone 10. But it doesn't have the same aura. It doesn't have the same panache. So we'll go out and we'll spend $1,000 and then six months later it'll be completely obsolete and we'll spend 1500 on Apple 11. Because we're sheep. <laughs> <laughs> it's Pat Gray Unleashed. 888 Pat Gray. The Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Pretty sure I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be there. Okay. Uh, I, I got to tell you about Patriot Mobile. For years, big money has flowed from big mobile to support ridiculous liberal causes, bathrooms for new genders, or more socialized health care. Which means your monthly phone bill with big mobile is helping fund the liberal agenda. And and it's undermining your values, quite frankly. You, you don't have to stand for that anymore, though, because thankfully now there's an alternative. It's Patriot Mobile. It's America's only conservative cell phone company. With Patriot Mobile, your money will only be used to support the causes you and your family believe in, and then you designate where you want your money to go, whether that's to the NRA or the Heritage Foundation or FreedomWorks, whatever. Get the same nationwide coverage. You get the same 4G LTE high-speed service. You keep your phone number. And then 5% of your monthly bill goes specifically to support conservative causes at no extra cost to you. So switch to PatriotMobile.com. And 
Today, you can take advantage of the back-to-school special. You get unlimited talk, text, and data, along with a free Samsung or iPhone, all for a flat fee of 55 bucks a month. It's a great deal. Use the promo code BACKTOSCHOOL, and they'll also waive the activation fee. Call 1-800-A-PATRIOT. That's 1-800-A-PATRIOT, or visit patriotmobile.com. Uh, all right. One of the architects of Obamacare, Max Baucus, has finally now uh, come clean on on the real agenda here. Because we told you when this all began back in 2009 that Obamacare was the precursor for a single-payer health care system, for totally socialized medicine paid for by the United States government, which means it's paid for by us. It's, it's a terrible system. Britain has it in place. Uh, you know, all the socialist Nordic countries have it in place. Canada has it in place. And you hear what, I mean, they have to wait in line for six to eight months, sometimes for fairly critical surgery, and that's why they come here instead. So when Democrats rushed to pass the Affordable Health Care Act, they denied any allegation. Oh, it it was a total lie. Uh, that this was paving the way for what they really wanted, which was single-payer health care system. Uh, but that's exactly what Obamacare did. And finally, they're, they're just saying it now. Of course, they were saying it then, too. Yeah, I can find the guy who, um, one of the other architects who said this. I, someone once said to me, this is a Trojan horse for single-payer. And I said, well, it's not a Trojan horse, right? It's just right there. Just right I'm there. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. We're going to get there. <laughs> I mean, that, and he said that back in, I don't know, 07, 08, somewhere in there. So uh, Keith Ellison earlier this year indicated that the House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi secretly wants single payer, even though she denies it publicly. But now Max Baucus of Montana, which is it's a real shame that he comes from my home state. He's been there since I was in high school. He's been in office. Mm. I mean, he's Wait a since I was in high school... Max Bacchus has been in Washington, D.C. Since I was in high school. I, I mean, you keep saying that. I didn't. Since I was in high school. That's been a while. Has it? It's been a while. How, how long? Not Jeff. It's been no. over 10 years. Whoa. Over 10. Over yeah. 10. Yeah, it has. I know most people wouldn't believe that. They're like, no way have you been out of high school for, right. for more than 10 years. Right. You barely look over 25. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. And uh, so... Max says now's the time to usher in single-payer health care system. I just think the time has come, Baca said on NBC News. Back in 2009, we were not ready to address it. <laughs> this is so telling. I, uh... And it pisses me off so much because they're liars. They're liars and they're thieves. And they've stolen away our freedom. Mm-hmm. And they lied to our faces repeatedly. And every time we call them on it. They lie again, and then they they act like you're some kind of freak, some kind of conspiracy theorist for saying it, and yet it's been their agenda the whole time, and they're admitting it now. Back in 09, listen to that sentence, back in 09, we were not ready to address it. It would never have passed. Here we are nine years later. I think it's time to hopefully have a a very serious good faith look at it. Uh, that's the same Bacchus that Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders said wouldn't look into single payer for a million years. Yet here we are, and he's he's looking into it now. These Democrats are just 
uh, pathetic. Bacchus's evolution reflects how quickly the once fringe idea of government-funded health care is gaining traction inside the Democrat Party. On Wednesday, Bernie Sanders, the issue's most vocal champion, Bernie Sanders, you know, is hideous, but at least he's he's fairly honest about his agenda. He's a socialist. Everybody knows he's a socialist. He has socialist programs, and everybody knows he has it. And so he just says it. He'll roll out the long-anticipated bill detailing his plan to provide Medicare for all, uh, as advocates like to call it, because single-payer sounds like socialism, but Medicare for all just sounds like, oh, well, that's wonderful. I already have Medicare, so let's just have Medicare for all. Baca said he purposely left out single-payer back when he was leading the call for Obamacare because America was just not there, (laughs) and he feared it was branded as socialistic by too many people. Well, it still is. It's still a socialist program. You're not there yet? No, I'm not there yet. You're not? No, I'm not there yet. Okay. But now it's fast becoming part of the Democrat platform because Democrats are fast becoming socialists. Really, there's almost no difference between Mm -mm. Democrats and socialists now. I I don't know what the difference would be, especially with party leadership. Now, there might be Democrats in, in, you know, just uh, everyday life in America who aren't socialists. But the leadership, they're all socialists now. A majority of House Democrats have, for the first time, signed on to support Medicare for All. And in the past two weeks, Senators Elizabeth Warren, who is absolutely a socialist, and Kamala Harris, absolutely a socialist. Two potential 2020 candidates for president announced they would support Sanders' forthcoming bill. I mean, we're in trouble here if we don't. If we don't get the word out to the American people, if they don't understand the U.S. Constitution, the Constitution does not provide for health care for all. And it shouldn't. It doesn't provide for food for all. Isn't food more necessary? Because that's what they'll say. Well, how would you deny someone health care? Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't. They should get a job and, and work hard and and. Find a job with benefits that include health care. And they should have health care. I'd, li- I'd like them to. I want them to. But I don't want to pay for their health care. I'm paying for my own. I don't want to pay for theirs too. So that's, but that's, that's what they'll tell you is that you're, you're hateful because you don't want to pay for other people's health care. On Wednesday, Bacchus's fellow Montanan, moderate Democrat John Tester, facing a tough re-election bid next year, said it might be time to take a solid look at single-payer as well. Yay! (laughs) I can't. Again, the Constitution does not call for health care. It doesn't. There's nothing in the Constitution that says you're entitled to health care. There's nothing in the Constitution that says you're entitled to food, and that's more vital than health care. You're not entitled to food. You're not entitled to a house. You're not entitled to a job. Those are things you go out and get on your own and take personal responsibility for. The government doesn't provide them because that's not America. It's the Soviet Union. Bacchus thinks the evolution of single-payer acceptance is taking similar shape as gay rights. Oh, my gosh. I hope not. I mean, But who am I to say no? Because look what happened there. I, I didn't think that was going to come along so quickly, and it did. It's anathema for a long time, and then suddenly acceptance. Boy, I mean, that's it's true. Bacchus said, I think we'll end up with some kind of single pay. 
It could help reduce costs and also have better outcomes. How? <laughs> Why? Are you kidding me? The government is going to provide a better health care system for you than the private sector? And it's going to be cheaper? If we have to pay for 325 million people, that's going to be cheaper for us? Yeah, man. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Go- government streamline, streamlines everything. You know that. And better outcomes. That right. is, that's just asinine. We got public housing, public schools, everything that's look public. How, yeah, look how well those work. It's good stuff. So I'm looking forward to this public health care option. Public housing. Just go to New York sometime. If you haven't been there in a while, go to New York and look at the hundreds and thousands of public housing facilities and think how much you'd love to live in them. Mm-hmm. I want you to see them in Chicago and Detroit and Philadelphia and, and take a look at public housing and how well that works. Or, because the government provides these things for people and the outcome is not good. <laughs> now, <laughs> now think of the equivalent unless, of healthcare. Un- unless you're looking for crack and oh. then you'll be able to find it in the public housing place. the silver lining, Pat. So yeah, right. I mean, if you're you know if you're a crack addict, um, public housing might be might be right up your alley. It might be the place you need to go. Might be where you need to be. But other than that, you know, you think public versus private, public swimming pool or a private swimming pool. Which would you rather swim and and which water would you want in your eyes and maybe getting in your mouth? <laughs> Think it for me. I'm gonna do that in my pool, uh-huh. and and not a public one. A public restroom, for instance, is that gonna be cleaner than a private? The the one at your house that you take care of. Uh, I it's it's inconceivable to me that people can't see this. But I, I'll bet you, I'll bet you, Max Bacchus is right because people are starting to turn around on on socialism now, and they're starting to think, well. Socialism, that's nice, right? That's when you're social to people. I like it when people are social. I have a social network called Twitter, and I like that. Why wouldn't I like socialism? <laughs> We're just so people are just so ill-informed, and uh, this would be the death of the country. I, I mean, this will a single-payer healthcare plan will bankrupt America, and there's just no question about that. It will bankrupt America. Plus. You're going to be waiting in long lines. You're not going to have the kind of hospitals we have now. You're not going to have the kind of doctors we have now. You're not you're you're not going to have the kind of medical equipment we have now. You're not going to get the drugs we have now. You talk about the drug prices, and yes, they're high. They're incredibly high. I've I've had some prescriptions lately that have been really expensive, mm-hmm. um, and I I don't like it. But that money goes into research and development, and 60% of all new medicine comes from the United States. 60%? I mean, there's a lot of other countries out there, and we're 60% of all new developments in, in the drug industry. Why? Because they have the money coming in for research and ve- development, and in other countries, they don't. That's why. Plus, we're the innovators here, and they're not. 888 900 933-93. It's Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network.
is here I am. on the Blaze Radio Network. And I mean, is there a better time that I could tell you about my Patriot Supply? There is, there is no better time than right now after we've gone through Hurricane Harvey in Houston. And there's still people without power. There's still people with, with flooded homes. There's still people without food. I, one of the grocery chains in Houston is great. They're H-E-B. Maybe you've heard of them. Maybe not. But uh, they've been tremendous at bringing in food. What they did was they cut back on the variety of products, but they had two of each kind and then just brought in a ton of all of that and then filled their shelves and then opened up for a little while and then closed when they ran out of stuff. And But I guess lines were clear around the grocery store. It took hours to get in and out of it. You don't want to have to go through that. You want to be able to be prepared if something like this happens and something messes up the food supply. And We've seen it in Houston and we've seen it in Florida. They're, they're without power in Florida right now, and it's over 90 degrees, and it's humid, and it's miserable, and it's causing all kinds of problems. Avoid all of that. If a crisis happens in your community, which scenario would you rather have? Waiting for emergency personnel to rescue you, standing food lines at a grocery store because the shelves are empty, or you're waiting for them to re- be restocked, or would you rather rely on your own plan because you prepared ahead? Man, for me, I'm I'm relying on my own plan, and you could do that with my Patriot Supply. They're the company that can help you. They've they've done this thing. They've got this down. This self reliance. They've had it down for years. They'll give you personalized suggestions. So it's a no brainer. Get their 102 serving survival food supply for only 99 bucks. That's shipped free. It's less than a dollar a serving. It's really good food. And, you know, you say, well, when I need it, I'm, I'm, I'll eat sticks if I have to. But you don't have to. Why would you do that when you can have delicious food and it's really easy to prepare and it stays fresh for 25 years in the package? So call now, 888-411-5290 or online at preparewiththeblaze.com. It's 102 servings of breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Survival food lasts up to 25 years in storage. 888-411-5290 or preparewiththeblaze.com. All right, triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. We've been having trouble with our uh, our computer here, so um, I, I think we have uh, Jody on the line. Jody, hi, you're on with Pat Gray. Yeah, so I was wondering if you and Keith saw the same thing I saw yesterday with the uh, iPhone ten introduction. I actually missed the introduction, but Keith did see it. So, uh, what did you see? Well, I, I saw a potential Fourth Amendment violation. Oh. A Fourth Amendment violation? Oh, oh where are we yes, going? Sir. Really? Okay. In <laughs> what way? In your your person, your papers, and your effects. Ah, okay. Facial recognition. What to stop? Okay. Law enforcement from flashing that phone at your face, and now they're in it. Isn't that interesting? Just asking, That's... Just asking <clears throat> based on the. Um, San Bernardino terrorist mm-hmm. had an iPhone and no one could get in it all and right. all of the drama that went with that. Now, Keith is making faces at you, Jody, yeah, but I, I, I think that's a legitimate concern. And, and I and I am very sensitive to this kind of stuff. I think that's a legit concern. It is, but don't. I'm trying to follow here. Don't you have to own the iPhone... Yeah, you 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 okay. personally have to bring it into your life. Yeah, and then but we do that, don't we? And then you're saying the cop is gonna. And then of that, course the police or the law enforcement officials could go to Apple and say, "Hey, we want to see Keith Malinak's phone because we just want to." 
Am I missing something here? But they have to hold it up to your face, right? What what am I missing in this whole thing? What is he missing in this whole thing, Jody? Well, Keith, right now, if you have an iPhone in your pocket, right. mm-hmm. you either have to put in a passcode yeah. or your fingerprint to get in. Mm-hmm. Now, we're assuming for the moment that you're misbehaving. It's not that they're just going to snatch it out of your pocket and flash it. But if you're misbehaving, what's to stop them from that? Because all they have to do is hold it because that's all they did yesterday. Well, the second time, the first time it didn't work so well. But Mm -hmm. once he flashed that, it opened right up. I'm asking if you are pursuing inappropriate lifestyle choices. Like your drug dealer. There aren't any left. Are you kidding Uh me? Everything's appropriate now. What are you talking about? I know. I know. What I'm saying is what's to stop that from happening? Yeah, and eventually. Right now, they can't get in it after that. Mm -hmm. All right. Hey, what's this? Oh, look. Hey, I'm in. There's going to be. I appreciate the call. Thanks. Buy an Android. I think there's going to be all kinds of unintended consequences to this kind of stuff because. And we used to talk about this all the time because I, I absolutely hate the little key fob that you have to carry around that is your card for discounts at grocery stores. Mm-hmm. I hate them because I don't want you to track me. I don't want you to track my purchases. I don't want you to have my phone number. I don't want you to have my email. I don't want you to have my name. I just want to go into the store anonymously and I want to buy whatever the freak I want to buy and take it home. And I don't want you to know about it. Be, it just like drives that. me out of my mind. And so when I would talk about that in Houston, people would call and say, well, do you have uh, do you have a toll tag, Pat? Yes, I do. But I'm not going to make it worse, okay? Well, because they can already track you in with a toll tag. I don't have a toll tag. In fact, I don't have electricity because I'm living off the grid. Well, okay, you can take this to a real extreme. Mm-hmm. Or you can just give them every opportunity to enter your life. And I don't want to do that. I mean, there are certain things we we do, and we do it willingly, like Google, because Google has all your information, too. There's no question about that. And then you get an iPhone, and now now they've got that in to your person and your possessions as well. And then you've got the key fob from the stupid grocery store, and they've got all that information, too. And then you get a little Nest system Mm -hmm. that you put on your wall to control your temperature, and then they've got that information, too, and they can control your up and down temperature at your house or turn it off completely if they want to. <laughs> I, I'm not arguing with any of this. You're talking to the guy that actually used to pay attention to the warnings when you would download stuff for your phone. And now I'm just like, ah. <laughs> I know what, we get, we, it's so convenient. We, I mean, we've been beaten down with that stuff, man. That's down. that's over. We've just been beaten to. I a mean, pulp. remember you you download an app and say this app wants permission to uh, access your. I'm, you can't access my photos now. It's just right. like whatever. Now it's just I just yes. I want this. I yes. gotta go. I'm, I'm not gonna read your warning at all. Yes, just do whatever oh. you want. Uh, let's let's go to John. Uh, John, hi. You're on the blaze. Pat. Yeah. How are you today, sir? Good. Good. Talking to you from a top lookout mountain in Chattanooga. All right. So, uh, listen, to kind of follow up with your last caller, it's very common sense. And uh, follow up with what you're talking about, when you leave your house, your reasonable expectation of privacy is gone. That's true. Because they've got got cameras everywhere now, right? 
That's right. And, Cameras are and everywhere. Let's just, let's just think about it this way. You know, anything that you don't want somebody to know about, why do you bring it into public? Yeah. So why, are you why? are you really careful about that stuff? Do you, um, like, for instance, Absolutely. this new... I mean, you are? Look, my, my wife is the, hey, did you, did you bring your Ingalls card? And, you know, I'm not that kind of guy. You, I don't care yeah. about the save a dime or whatever. <laughs> I don't either. You know, I'm just, I don't either. I'm just like you. I just want to get my things and go home. Yes. You know? Exactly. Um, you know, let me pay for it and go. But with that said, you you have to use common sense and limit the amount of things that you put out there. Exactly. For people to take advantage and exploit you on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to update your Facebook status while you're sitting on the toilet, then and let everybody know, <laughs> yep. don't be mad at the neighbors knowing the color of it before you got off. <laughs> Thank you, John. Appreciate the call. He's right, though. I mean, that's really true. It's really true. Uh, and, you know, but you cave into all this stuff because you just want the convenience. I, I went to Kroger one time and bought some steaks that we were, gonna, we were having some people over. And uh, do you have a Kroger card? No, I don't. But the price on the steak was like nine dollars. Although, with except that without your Kroger card, it was eighteen. So it was like forty dollars more with the without the card than right. With. I tell you. And so you just came in and you just say, okay, whatever, I'll do it. Leave me alone. Jeez, it's amazing. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It's back right. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, uh, welcome. It is Pat Gray, 888 Uh You can comment on anything we've talked about so far. Uh, at 888 whether that's the healthcare thing, at which we said eight years ago, they're going for single payer. That This is just the first step because they can't get it right now. And now they're just flat out admitting it. It's just amazing how everything we said was exactly right. And they called us liars and they called us conspiracy theorists every step of the way. Uh, or, you know, this security thing uh, has been brought up with this Apple, with this new iPhone 10. Um, it's got the facial recognition. <laughs> it's just another, it's another step, you know, like the key fob you have from the grocery store, like the toll tag you've got on your windshield, like the thousands of cameras that monitor the freeways, the thousands of cameras that monitor all downtown stores and areas and banks and, and malls, and they're everywhere now. I guess London is the most monitored society on earth. Yeah. London. Yeah. London, England. I mean, where you would think we have some freedom and security and some issues. Somebody would have some issues with that, but they don't. And we gave that up a long time ago. And I think New York is number two. Yeah, I bet. New York is number two. So we're, we're not far behind. Uh, and so we just keep going down this road and we just keep getting lulled to sleep with convenience. And I'll do anything, we'll do anything for convenience, I guess, and, and saving a few dollars. And I've resisted these dumb Kroger cards and whatever else that they try to push oh. down your throat. 
so they can monitor all of your purchases and so that they can market to you and so that they can send you crap that you just don't want. But then you get to the store and you're buying steak and it's like, it says it's $6, but without the Kroger card, it's $95.38. Mm-hmm. It's quite a difference. I can make Stop. it more convenient for you, though. Why don't you just put, you could scan, see this right here, Pat? I got a visual aid here for you. Just put all of your cards on your phone, and then it's all right. It's so convenient, Pat. Every store you, I go to. Did you do that? Keith, you, you used to be the most paranoid human being on planet Earth. Yeah. Now you've put your credit cards on your phone? No, not my credit cards. It's uh, it's it's the uh, Kroger cards. The oh, it's all the cards, cards that yeah. are on there. And so you scan the barcode. Wow. And then the, the number, in the, you just go through the line and you open up the app and it's, uh, yeah, I'm ashamed. It's true. As you should mm-hmm. be. As yeah, you should be. I used to. But we, I, that's what we do now, though. It wasn't. We've just been so beaten down, we don't care anymore. It, yeah, just do it. it. Monitor me. I don't care. It wasn't. Just do it to me. Four years ago that DirecTV <laughs> asked for permission to look at photos on my phone, and I said, screw uh, you. I'll set my DVR at home. And yeah. now. And now those, you just say yes, right? Those prompts come up, and it's just <laughs> like, man, I got things to do. But, I, uh, you know. Things look, are always popping up on my phone that say, hey, th- such and such app wants to access your camera. Okay, whatever. I don't care. Uh, Such and such app wants to access your location. Okay, Okay, that probably helps my GPS system. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. I don't want to be frustrated later. I want to take care of this now. I used to say no to all of that. And then you get the Apple uh, uh, acceptance thing. You got to check, yes, I accept. And you don't even know what you're agreeing to. Because it's 195 pages of small print. And you don't want to read even one line of it and you just say i accept and we don't have any idea what we're accepting and we have no idea we're signing our lives away here's my theory on this maybe we would still care about that kind of stuff and take the time to take a stand if the world in general if every corner of the world wasn't complete mm-hmm. chaos mm-hmm. every minute of every day there's this We've constant been overton windowed <laughs> to death and and you just, just don't have the by the time the death of us. we get to that by the time we get to our phones yeah. we don't have the strength left really in us to have any kind of fight. Really so true. we're just like, oh my gosh, I've just had enough today. Just whatever. All right, uh, let's go to Reed. Hey, Reed, you're on the blaze. Welcome. Hey. Hey. Hey, Pat. New stew. Good to <laughs> good to talk to y'all. Um, okay, Pat, I'm right there with you uh-huh. on all of this. Um, I'm a you know. 37, and I guess I'm a dying breed because I mean, I teach dance down here and I still use records, and everybody thinks that's like cave womanish, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't like any of this either. Um, yeah. And uh, your Alex Jones stuff, mm-hmm. I feel like I want to do that with this stuff, you know, just. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. You really, it's. I, I I don't know where to go with it anymore. I just don't, you know, you try, you do your best, and then at some point it's just too much, and you are you don't want to mess with the hassle of it all, and so you just give in. No, you just give in. Thanks for the call, Reed. Uh, Graham, hi, you're, you're on with Pat Gray. Hi. Hi, so um, thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, whenever it comes to the new iPhone, looking from a non-legal standpoint, just looking at the stuff that they're offering with this new iPhone, Yeah. honestly, a lot of the core features that they're showing on there are either designed to make you spend more money to get full access to the feature or they've already been developed. 
okay, we got a screen that goes from edge to edge on the phone. Yeah. Have you seen the new Samsung Galaxy phones? I mean, they literally say we have an edge to edge screen. It's it's designed right there. It's exactly one right. Key, yeah. One of the key selling points for the iPhone um, 10 is that it has um, a 4K video and photos. Do you know why they're selling those 256 gigabyte phone models? It's because 4K video and pictures take up a lot of space. It's like it takes up a lot of memory, so you have to have a ton of memory to be able to at least right. be able to store even just a few of those. Right. And it's like, okay, we have it. We can see it on our phone, but this is still a five point like eight or something like that diagonal screen. Yeah. The only way to be able to fully view the videos and pictures, at least without having to like squint and have your face like straight up against the screen, is to get a 4K monitor and TV. And those things are like really expensive right now. Mm-hmm. So it's like. A lot of the stuff they're developing is designed so it's either going to make it so you're going to be spending more money, most likely, on more Apple products. Like they announced Apple TV now supports 4K. Coincidence? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like it's all a part of getting everything else that other companies have been developing and just getting it under an Apple logo so with the, so people will stop complaining about it. So are you going to spend the $1,000 anyway after all that's said? So in fact, oh. it's eleven forty nine if you need the two hundred and fifty six gig, right? So, are you going to spend oh, the eleven hundred and forty nine bucks? Absolutely not. I've, oh, I've good for a, you. I've, good for I've you. A, I've been a fan of Android for quite some time now. Yeah. They're developing good stuff, and it's for a modest price. Okay. Give me what I need, not what I, not every single thing I want. Appreciate it. Thanks, Graham. But I want to know if he's going to accept the terms. <clears throat> of course, if he, he is. ever does. Yeah, get he's going to do that. Okay. Sure. I mean, don't don't get him wrong. Right. He's going to do that. Okay. Uh, it's interesting, though, because, uh, again, Apple did such a genius job marketing their products. They made them pieces of art, mm-hmm. and it's it really it bound us to their product somehow. It's created some psychological need for their product. It's really weird. It's, it's almost like uh, they've cast a spell over the world with these products. Steve Jobs knew, and, and I, I don't know how he knew. He just did. He knew that the aesthetics were so incredibly important. It's why you can't open them up. It's why you can't fix them. It's why that you can't do anything with them yourself. And then he created this thing at the Apple at the at the Apple stores where they're not stores anymore. They're um, what are they supposed? I don't know. They're like the Apple Mecca. I, I read something in the paper where yesterday they announced they're not stores anymore. Oh, I, I gotta find. I, I'll, I'll find what they're calling them. Okay. But it was it was something incredibly pretentious. I mean, <laughs> get over yourself, Apple. Get over yourself. But they don't because it's working so well, and they've created this trillion dollar company because of the aesthetics, because of the way they promote it. They show you how you're going to use it and how it's going to improve your life. They don't just show you the product. Here's what it can do. They show what it's going to do for you. Mm. Why are you going to buy this product? Why do you have to have this product? And then we line up their store, line up at their store like like sheep on on the day it goes on sale. And sure enough, we pay a thousand dollars for a stupid stinking phone. Yeah, we line up at the town square. Now. The town, the square. Apple town square. That's what it is. The Apple Town Square. <laughs> oh, shut up, <laughs> Charles. Hi, you're on the blaze. Hello. Hey. Hey, Pat. You look gorgeous on your own show whoa, now. Uh, whoa, thank you. whoa, this calls already hitting on me a little bit. No, he's, he's hitting on me just a little oh, bit. You there. don't have this need That's to right. lie to him, Charles. Just. 
So what's up, Charles? Yeah, well, I just wanted to let you know, I was one of the evacuees from the west coast of Florida. Wow. And we made the mistake of going to West Palm Beach mm. and riding out the worst part of the storm in a van. Oh, and my gosh. And on the way back, I was taking pictures of all of the uh, sugarcane crop. Yeah. Uh, forget it. You're not getting any rum this year. Whoa. That's going to change my whole life not to have any rum. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sugarcane was totally wiped out. It was... <sighs> Bent over, stripped of its foliage, and flooded. Now, the the Florida sugar cane, does that go into, I mean, is that a sugar product? Sometimes, that just... yes. Part of it goes to Puerto Rico for making rum. Okay. Is that the vast majority of it that goes to Puerto Rico for rum? No. No. Some of it goes to local uh, sugar suppliers, and some of it goes to uh, rum manufacturers in the States. Man. I mean, it, these hurricanes, they're going to change our lives for a little while. And and they're going to cause hey. some inconvenience and some some expense. There's no doubt uh, about it. Are you it. ready for the crazy part? We got to back to our little island off the coast, west coast of Florida. Mm-hmm. No damage. Lights were on. Oh, you got to be kidding! Running. <laughs> oh man. My little my little travel oh, trailer was sitting sitting pretty. My solar panels were still running. Wow. My refrigerator, and my air conditioner were still running. Wow. And we're about. Uh, 10, 15 miles from Fort Myers west. You know, th- that's good, but the other the other aspect that that does, Charles, is it lulls people into a false sense of security for the next time it happens. Mm-hmm. And you think, well, they told me I had to evacuate, and they made it out like it was going to be the apocalypse last time, and it, nothing happened. I'm, I'm just going to take my chances and stay here. And then that's where you run into trouble. So we can't get into that mindset, but uh, glad your home's okay. Thanks a lot. Appreciate the call, Charles. Um Mike, I, you're on with Pat Gray on the Blaze. Yeah, Pat. How you doing? Doing good. Okay. Our civil liberties, you know, with this new phone. Yeah. Um, you know that they can ping your laptop and they have voice recognition on your computer. They can see you on your computer, your smart TV. They can turn that on and watch you in your living room. Um, and who are they? Who are these people well, that are doing this? I imagine it's the same people that are at that place in Utah. You know, all the data, you know, all the yeah. Yes. I don't know what they call that massive data collection, but uh, um, even if they can't ping these new iPhones Mm -hmm. and do facial recognition on everyone around them, I'm sure they can turn everyone into a little party member, you know. Yeah. And if they're looking for someone, oh, quick, you know, turn your phone on, you know, so we can find them, you know. So yeah, I don't know. I think they can ping them. It's just so opinion. you won't be you won't be buying one of these new iPhone tens. <laughs> I'm Gibbs. I got a flip phone, and most of the time, oh, you I got a flip phone. Inside. It's not yeah, even a smartphone. Very high tech flip phone. Nice. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, Good for you. Mike, Mike is my hero, by the way. Yeah, you stick with that. <laughs> Appreciate the call. Thanks, Mike. Uh, I, you know, I think we're going to find a lot of things that they can do that we don't know they're doing. I, I think eventually we're going to wish that we had paid a little closer attention to mm-hmm. what's going on in our lives. Totally. What we had in our pocket, what we had on our laptop, what we had uh, that we carry with us in our car all the time. You know, I, I remember when uh, OnStar technology first hit and we had it in a Suburban that we had. And and I, I loved it because... My wife was on a trip with the kids one time when I, I couldn't get off work, and she, she took this trip. So she's driving through New Mexico, and she's hearing this really weird sound from the engine of the, of the, of the Suburban. 
And she pushes a button, calls OnStar. She's in the middle of nowhere on a reservation somewhere in the middle of New Mexico. And uh, just her and the kids. And OnStar, can we help you? And the, they had the best customer service on earth. I don't know if they still do, but it, it was great when we had it. And uh, they, she said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, uh, I, we're driving through New Mexico and I'm hearing there's really weird sound and there's no shops around me to check this out. All right, um, no problem, ma'am. We'll do a diagnostic. They ran a diagnostic, found out what it was. It was nothing serious. It was something she could drive and make it back to Houston with. And, uh, and everything was fine. And, it, I mean, is there anything better than that? Mm. To, to have that kind of sense of uh, security that your wife's going to be okay if she's in the middle of nowhere sometime and somebody can call and help her? Or they can send help if she needs it? I mean, amazing. On the other hand, they've also used OnStar for... Law enforcement, uh, they can oh. shut down your vehicle, which is cool in some cases because if it's stolen, they can actually turn off the car from the OnStar location. How convenient! How convenient! <laughs> but could they to, could they do that to you if if uh, the government decided you were doing something wrong and maybe you weren't, but they think you are? Yes, yes, they could. So we've given this stuff up a long time ago, and the, the time to think about it was probably you know. 30 years ago, instead of now, when it's absolutely everywhere. Uh, Ambrose, hi, you're on the blaze. Welcome. There, there. Uh, my comment is about uh, the single payer uh, mm-hmm. suggestion in Congress. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would suggest strongly that uh, those folks consider that what they're doing is um, implementing uh, the Veterans Administration problems program. Isn't that the truth? I mean, isn't that the truth? And it's our veterans, too. Thanks for the call, Ambrose. It's our veterans that you'd want the absolute best health care on earth. And instead, what they get is the Veterans Administration, which pretty well sucks for most people. Yeah, that's a multi-layered thing there. Not only do you have here comes our future health care, but, oh, wait a second, who's getting this health care from the government? Oh, our heroes, our, our veterans. Heroes. Unbelievable. Yeah, the people we want to treat the best, the people who deserve the best, and they're not getting it, and it's not even close, and there's all kinds of scandals. You think about how corrupt the government is now. What happens when they have control over 17% of our economy, which is what the healthcare industry is? 17% of the economy, now they control that to completely in a single payer system, they control it completely. Not just a little bit, not where you just have to buy insurance from some private provider. No, you got to come to them on your hands and knees and do their system. Wow. I mean, you talk about corruption, um, you talk about screw ups, you talk about people dying needlessly, you talk about waiting in line for uh, mandatory life saving surgeries. It's all, it's all going to happen. Uh, Scott in Texas. Hi, you're on, you're on with Pat Gray. Hey, hey, Pat, I just hey. wanted to talk about, are you there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just wanted to talk about why people will probably accept <laughs> socialized medicine. And what they'll do is they use fear. Uh, the left always uses fear to get power. Every time. And uh, it's very mm-hmm. effective. And so what they'll do is they'll say, you know, um, if you get the system, if you lose your job, you'll keep it. If you have a terminal illness, you'll get free health care. 
no matter what, you'll be taken care of, and the government's going to take care of it. And it's a very appealing technique. And mm-hmm. and we can logically look at it and say, well, socialism sucks. Look at Venezuela. Look at the lines. Look at mm-hmm. uh, Canada. Look at the uh, United Kingdom. But fear is an emotion, and emotion is illogical. And so they don't even use that left side of their brain when deciding <laughs> whether or not they're going to support the system. They so just true. go to the right side, the emotional side of their brain, and they just say, mm-hmm. well, I'm afraid – and this will take care of the fear. And so it, the only way really to convince people is not really by logic, but by replacing the fear. You must first replace the fear by telling them, look, there will be private systems. We'll have better uh, care. You have to replace the fear first, and then you yeah, can you talk do. to them logically. Right. right. Uh, appreciate the call. Thanks, Scott. A really nicely reasoned uh, argument. And Fear, if you're a spiritual person, also comes from not not God, but the adversary. That's where fear comes from. So we should definitely replace the fear with something. And maybe we can replace the fear with, I don't know, the Constitution of the United States of America. Maybe we can sell that again. Uh, worked pretty well for the first uh, 200 years or so, but we haven't used it much in the last 30. 888 It's Pat Gray. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray, 888-900-3393. Mercury One doing some incredible work, and there's a lot of work to be done. Man, Houston alone is just such a mess. It's To me, I I honestly can't think of a larger city with more people in it that have been adversely affected than Houston, Texas. In such a way, I mean, it's just been devastated by this thing. So Mercury One, trying trying to deal with hurricanes, Harvey and Irma, Go to mercuryone.org slash hurricane relief. Mercuryone.org slash hurricane relief if you'd like to help out. Also, if you, if you want to actually help out physically, which uh, many of us around here are planning to do because we're just four hours away. Um, but make sure you're working with some kind of organization and you know that there is work to be done, where it's to be done. You're working with people because if you just go there and haphazardly want to help, and I love the sentiment. But they can't handle it. The system just can't handle it right now. So make sure you're working with some organization when you go there. And you, you bring your own food and water if you can. And maybe have a place to stay. Uh, 888-900-3393. Also in uh, the wake of Irma, they've had these power outages in Florida. And six people lost their lives as a result at a rest home. A senior citizen's home. Um, don't... They don't really know all the details as to why that happened. I don't know if they were hooked up to some sort of, you know, machine that kept them breathing and then it turned off because they had no power or if they died from the heat stroke. I, I don't know. Those things, those details are not in yet. Uh, let's uh, let's talk to Marty in Washington. Marty, hi, you're on the, it's Marty on line 10 from Washington. Uh, you're on the blaze. This is actually Mark. Okay. Are we going to go to, yeah. <laughs> we, we made it. We did it. The miracle <laughs> of modern greet- technology. Hey, Marty. Hi. Greetings from the smoky Northwest. 
still on fire uh, up there? You know, we. Oh my goodness! It's uh, uh, last week we had visibilities of less than one half of a mile. Oh man! Um, wow! Yeah, it's been horrible. And and I would ask everybody, you know, while we're we're continuing to pray for the victims of Irma and Harvey. The, pray for you guys too. Firefighters, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, our firefighters Absolutely. up here just doing uh, uh, just an awesome job. Yeah. Um, the reason I called, though, um, you were talking earlier about the Portland, Oregon Police Department, and yeah, they won't directive now not to. They won't call you know, anybody they're, they're a gang member now. Yeah. Yeah, they can't use that designation. And I was a police officer for a little over twenty years and did emergency medical services as well. But that is a severe case of officer safety issue mm-hmm. in the fact that when you make contact with somebody you you have dispatch run their name or you run it off of the the computer in the car you want to know who you're dealing with and if you lose that designation you're losing a, a huge amount of information that that uh, could put your life in in jeopardy um, you know most of the time you know who you're dealing with because we call them frequent flyers and you would come into contact with with certain individuals on a regular basis Mm -hmm. and but like especially now with the um emergence of ms-13 and their their um proximity to all of our major u.s cities you you have to know who you're dealing with and uh, it just I, i for the life of me cannot understand why the portland police union and others aren't just screaming at the top of their lungs to, you know, I can't either. let us do our jobs. Absolutely despicable. Stop. It's absolutely despicable yeah. to risk the lives of these officers. It's unbelievable. Appreciate the call. Thanks a lot, Marty. Um, uh, but they don't care. It's, you know, political correctness overrides everything. The fact that somebody could say a program or a policy is racist overrides everything. Nothing can be perceived even as racial anymore. It's madness. Joe in Colorado. Hi, you're on the blaze. How you doing? Doing good. I, uh, I like what you guys are talking about. Um, I've got a, a few things to shout out because I've been talking about this stuff as a business owner in our country for a long time. Because they wouldn't let me succeed. I say I, I could buy my Pepsi cheaper from the local market than I could straight from Pepsi. Yeah. But you're talking about the REDIC chip that they wanted to inundate back in the 80s. They wanted to actually put it in our kids or in our kids' shoes because people were stealing our kids. Right. And then they put it in the passport. And then they put it in our IDs. And now it's in our bank cards. And my wife's biggest thing is I've talked about this for a long time because I want to open back up my pizzeria, but until it's restructured by an economic engineer, just like a civil engineer that builds a bridge, we need our systems restructured for the success of the people restructured by our economic engineers so we all can succeed, not just a small group of people. It is structured so only a small group of people succeed because I am a tradesman, like our forefounders. I'm mm-hmm. a businessman, but I cannot succeed because it was economically engineered or the mathematical equation, I say, was engineered mm. for not success, for control. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Joe. Um, definitely, that, but we've allowed it to happen, haven't we? We just, we turned our back every step of the way. Did it make my life more convenient? All right, yes, then just do it. And just do it. I don't care how it affects me otherwise. Pat Gray, 888 900 Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network.
so is Jeffy. Jeffy is here. I just had that jingle done for you. Uh, what do you think? It's it's done. A, that's, that's, a, that's how much. That's how much you mean to me, man. That's good stuff. That's how, well, how much you mean to me? Hey, uh, thank I didn't play you. the whole thing. Jeffy is here, and he's fat. Uh, you like that? That's nice, right? <laughs> I we spared no expense that's, for you. That's not a rough draft. I mean, I think you. I like the edited a, version. Really? Yeah, I think I like the I like the yeah, short. Well, we'll play version. with it. We'll see how it works. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if we have time, we'll do the long version. I'm surprised that I think uh, we'll pretty much always have time. <laughs> really? Yeah. Strangely, yeah. I think so. So, what do you got today? On I'm the surprised Jeffy that you're segment? actually. I, I'm glad that uh, you you did come right in with Andy's fat. I mean, well, you yeah, you feel so welcome. It took about three seconds to actually add that because I thought you'd be calling me the uh, the uh, London clog uh, today, which is quite possibly what you may uh, call me from now on. Oh, it's, it's actually, got a better name than that. It's actually the uh, <clears throat> the Fatberg. <laughs> The fat bird? Uh, yeah, they have launched a sewer war in London. Uh-huh. Uh, the giant sewer is clogged, and it's clogged with a giant fat blob. A fat, <laughs> fat, a blob? fat blob? Yeah. Right. Now, get this. It's 250 yards long. Weighs as much as 11 double-decker buses. All right? And what, what the, exactly is it? <laughs> the fat bird. And what is it? This is Congealed really... wet wipes, mm-hmm. diapers, fat, and oil. Mm. Coming from where? Now, humans. It's human in the sewer system. It's the sewer system. It's clogging so up the sewer. flushing diapers down the drain and wipes, and, wipes and all that stuff. And Jeffy's oh, getting flushed down the man. drain. Yeah. So it's hard. So I'm Ugh. not sure if it, if it, I mean, when you think of that being all congealed together and coming apart, you think, that's, that's got to smell. Oh, good. good. Yeah. I mean, that's the only word you can think of is uh-huh. good. That, <laughs> but that's going to smell I, but good. But it's really hard, though, so I'm not sure that the smell is there. You know what I mean? The smell mm-hmm. might come once it starts coming apart. And... Well, I'm guessing it doesn't smell like roses. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm going to go way out on a so limb. they got a plan, though, to, to say, get rid of it, right? The smells. Well, yeah, they're breaking it up with jet hoses, and they're going to start sucking it into tankers. When did they, they just away. now discovered this thing? Yeah, apparently. I mean, they look, that thing's probably been so clogging gross. that thing. I mean, it's so big now that they've really, people now is probably starting to back up into neighborhoods or something. Again, it's one of the reasons we let that stupid country in the first place, okay? You can't even control your, <laughs> right. sewer, your sewer systems. Come on. Get a grip, will you? You don't even know the sewer is clogged up. <laughs> what on. is this, 1893 or something? That's very possible. Come on. That's very possible. Uh, seriously, doesn't that sound like a problem from then when people well, would just dump their pea pots out the window and they were in the streets and so you'd have that yes. smell and you'd have that mess and yes. it would clog I mean, up things and right. disease. That's why we yeah. left. That's why the, It's we, still going on. We have the phrase raining cats and dogs from them. That's yeah. why we left. That's why we left. That's why we left. We don't yeah. like our dogs and cats running around on the roofs of our buildings. No, we do not. So stop it. It's also, I don't know if we have the picture uh, for the television because, you know, this is the do we fantastic, have the picture? Pat, great picture of the mm-hmm. uh, National Peanut Day. It's very possible that we don't. Uh, I know there was some uh, <clears throat> technical problems. Hey, you know, you spared no expense Again, on we my spared jingle, no ex- right? And so <laughs> should have no held back cash. some some yeah, of the extra cash extra for your cash picture for of the peanut. Things. But yeah. it's National Peanut Day, and it was just the history of Mr. <clears throat> peanut. 
which I found, which I found cute. Because what is the history I, of Mr. Peanut? Well, I, just a different way Mr. Peanut has looked over the years. Because I, you know, I'm a big oh. fan. it's National Peanut Day, and mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of peanut butter. There he yeah, is. There you go. There he is. There you go. You did hold back a couple of couple of How coins. How about that? Huh. I mean, that's it's quite a difference. Yeah. Over the years, but the good thing is, is that just buy Jeff and move on. This is not a paid sponsorship, <laughs> but let's just move on. I know you've fallen off the Jeff wagon, though. I have. Yeah, we go very, very the new and improved uh, Skippy with honey in it. Very disheartening. Really delicious. Try it. Yep. I would accept yep. that Smooth, my wife creamy. is really allergic to it's honey. Really good. So I, oh, she, I, would get, she, I would get arrested. Okay. Which maybe is what she wants. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Uh, very well may be what she wants. So I see uh, on the Twitters, making the rounds on the Twitters and the Facebooks, is a post uh, from Clark Hunt, CEO and owner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. And I read it and I'm thinking, oh, thank you. And it reads, you are all simply paid performers on a stage and that field is my stage. This is a letter he sent wrote to, to the, the players, players, the coaches. Oh, everyone. I'm going to love this, I think. Well, no? yes and no. Oh, boy. Uh, you will stand with your hand over your heart and with respect when our country's national anthem is being played, or you will no longer be a Kansas City Chief. Oh! A coach wow. for the Kansas City Chiefs or have any association with the Chiefs organization. I will immediately fire you no matter who you are. You can make your political statements off the field, but when you're employed by me and I'm signing your check, I demand that you make our fans proud and not embarrass them. Love that. I do too. I do too. And it's shared all over Facebook. But he's in trouble now, right? Not counting Instagrams, not counting Snapchatters, not counting Twitters. And then along comes the NFL hierarchy, would be my guess. The story is false. Oh, it's false. Is it really? didn't send it. Oh, that's, so it's even worse than so the NFL. it's even worse than the NFL. Now. He didn't. What the <sighs> NFL should take from that, however, is how big a story it is and how it was shared over and over on the social media. Maybe they get a clue mm-hmm. at how America really feels and not your little, well, mm-hmm. oh, this is the First Amendment right. Yeah. They can talk. Shut up. It, it is your First Amendment right. Not when you're playing. They tell you what uniform you have to right. wear. They yes. tell you you have to wear the helmet. Exactly. Sh- stop it. So go home and do it. Yes. And and by the way, the most inappropriate, I, I don't know if there's anything more inappropriate they could do than take a knee or ignore or turn their back on the national anthem. That has nothing to do with the police force. <laughs> right. what, the, what is that? What is that? It's not, it's not like the national anthem for the police association. Just please for the and and if you'd learn one fact about the things you think you're protesting, it would also be helpful. Maybe you could learn Wait. one fact hey, about ta- it. What do you mean? The, the 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 that more white people are shot than black people, and it's disproportionate when compared to the population. Maybe you could look into some of these police shootings that did involve black people. And you could find out that they were justified so in the, most of them, if so not the pig socks. The pig socks aren't enough. No, no, it's not enough. No, it's not enough. It's I, kind of strange. It, it it's just, maddening. It's it is mad. It's maddening. It's infuriating. It really is. I don't, I, and I really don't understand the uh, the NFL's uh, platform on that, and and how he can let that go. I mean, it's almost gone too far now, where he can't come back from it. 
So I guess the only thing to do now is hope that it just gets ignored. Yeah. And it goes away. Oh, it's reported every single time. And three people knelt during yeah. the Star Spangled Banner. Oh, we're going banner. to pray. Oh, are you? Now it's okay to pray. Right. Now it's okay to pray. Right. Right? Yeah. The high school coach can't pray with his team after the game, but you can pray during the national anthem at the beginning of an NFL game. Okay, I got it. You're making okay. $8 million a year. Just do what you're told. Okay? Stand in line for the national anthem. You wear they tell you uniform, they tell you what shoes, you sign the deals, you get out on the yeah, field. Yeah, and you're fine if you game, do anything you that's that's not approved by the NFL, you get a massive fine, you can be suspended. They should attach this to it too. I think so too. I, I agree one hundred percent. I'm just glad none of the Packers are doing this yet. I hope that continues. No Green Bay Packers are taking a knee during the national anthem. <laughs> so, now that's America's team. Okay? That's America's team. The Cowboys. No. The Green Bay Packers. Wait, 25 teams aren't protesting. It's only seven, right? Yeah, those. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how many teams. Every week it seems like we have new players that are mm-hmm. taking a knee. And Wasn't players. it 12 with the Chiefs? Was it that 12 one? Chiefs? Or no, was was that the Browns? Mm, that was. Uh, I think that was the Browns yeah. where 12 of them uh, went and got in a circle. And, and that one Dingleberry in Seattle that walked over the offensive lineman who played with my son, by the way, at Missouri, walked over and put his hand on him while he was on his knee. I just didn't want him to feel alone. Shut up. You were stupid in Missouri. You're stupid now. <laughs> oh, wait. Did I say that a lot? Yeah, and I'm glad you did. Usually when you ask that question, you've already asked it out loud. Yeah, huh. That's strange how that, yeah, it's weird. how that happens. Okay, and uh, coming up soon, end of this month, September 25th, we're supposed to have the big grand finale, the grand party of the coming of Megyn Kelly on today. It's supposed to be this month, right? And they're mm-hmm. all the big stories are sweating bullets that she's either going to, they're not going to let it happen. Why would they not uh, let it happen? They're worried that she's not, that she's not. Gonna pull the audience, just let her go. Oh. Be done with it now. Wow. Be done with it now. Give is her... she doing that badly on Sunday night? I mean, well, they pulled it short, right? They they gave she was supposed to have ten episodes. They only gave her eight. Um, she's been making all the rounds. Oh, the Sunday thing's already over? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. And they So uh, now it's just the Today Show. Coming up. The late right. part of the Today Show. Right. And she's been making all the rounds and doing her little bits on the Today Show. Not that I apologize, Pat, because I haven't seen the Today Show in uh, quite some time, so huh. I was I was the mayor of the Today Show on Foursquare when we worked in New York because I passed their <laughs> studios every morning and checked in. But that's that, the only time I watched ABC. Is that still a thing? Do they still no, do that? No. It's amazing how those fads come yeah. and go, isn't it? <laughs> they yeah. tried to get too big for their britches. And what was the? There was some other thing like a a Nintendo character would show up in certain places, and that was a huge thing. What oh, was yeah, that? Yeah, that? Remember that? No, that wasn't Nintendo. That was. was uh, I can't remember. Pokemon? Yes, yeah, Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Oh, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. I got to jump They're in still here. here, Pat. That lasted for about five They're minutes. Still here. Hang yeah. on a second. Hang on. The, the, this is our society in a nutshell here. Um, recently, I've been having to travel back home, uh, and uh, there's, a, uh, there's a cemetery there, and there's a nice big sign in front of the cemetery that says, please don't play Pokemon Go when services are being held here on the cemetery grounds. The fact that we have to print mm-hmm. up a sign sad. and put it in front of a graveyard to Pretty say, sad. hey, people are here trying to grieve. Maybe don't chase your little fake animals with your phone around <laughs> the place. We'd appreciate that. 
It's just it's ugh, it just sums it up. I mean, right as long there. as you don't go over where they're standing, it's all right. <laughs> right. As long as you don't fall into the, the actual gravesite itself, you should be fine. Okay, yeah, right. sure, right. 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 A whole new perspective. Appreciate yeah. it. Hold on. Hey, could you move the coffin? One of my Pokemon are down there. <laughs> I'm getting this one. <laughs> There's only three of these in the world, man. Look out. That would be great. And I'm kind of uh, torn in this story. I'm not sure. Well, let's do it with the crime story. Okay. The crime story in Ohio. Crime. Uh, crime in Ohio. Um, a family had property stolen. They had, oh my gosh, they had this horrible, if I could find Tell you what, you look for that while I while I enlighten Pat about what the Packers did before their game on Sunday. What'd they what did they do? Oh, no. Yeah. Really? Yeah, just one player. And uh, he, oh. he, he didn't kneel. He didn't kneel. He stood at the far end of the Packers bench with his right fist in the air during the anthem. Oh, that's worse than kneeling. Mm. So like a black power that's salute right. thing. Martellus Bennett, you're oh. tied in. Martellus Bennett did that? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know why he did that? Mm. Because his brother mm. was accosted by uh, Orlando or Tampa police or something, and it was a really dangerous situation. Mm. So I, I don't blame Martellus Bennett for doing that. His brother was uh, put on the ground... Uh, oh, that's right. And it was, there was nothing. They had their guns drawn. And it was all wrong, right? And he was really, Martellus was really pissed off about it and really freaked out and said, I, he was crying in the interview. He's, you know, here's this seven foot nine, <laughs> 500 pound tight end <laughs> weeping about his, his brother. He almost lost his brother. So right. I don't have any problem with that. I, I think that's appropriate. that was them, yeah. Now, I don't know who was in the right and who was in the wrong, but it looked it looked like a shaky incident with his right. brother. It really did. Uh, all right, so what, you, what well, else? The you Ohio have? crime story. Uh, the okay. family uh, had their house broken into, and they had jewelry, TVs, and camera stolen. They were upset, but they were most upset over losing their 15-pound pet pig spam. Okay. What's that? Now, I'm just Wait, saying. That's how'd, the pig's how'd, they name? A, how'd they lose the pig? It was stolen with the other goods. <gasps> oh, okay. The the robbers took the pig. Why would you pig. steal a pig? That's a good question. Why would you Pat. name a pig's? Okay, it's spam. It's that's a, the name. It's your little pet pig. pig, spam. Because yeah. pork shoulder and ham is what spam is. Now, it's a brilliant. The thing name that kind of turned me off. Yeah. Now they made a public plea. They want spam back. <laughs> they don't. They don't Are they offering a, a tiny I don't know. It doesn't say anything about a reward. They're just saying they're missing. I'm not giving the pig back if I don't. If I'm not. I mean, I didn't steal this. I didn't steal your goods for nothing. Did I steal this just to have something to do? But no. Well, it sounded like that Ohio police, Cleveland police, were weren't going to really do anything. Uh, You know, would just be oh, you had the TV, had some jewelry stolen. All right, we'll fill out a report, and then you know, if we find your Mm -hmm. stuff in a raid or something, then you can come down and ID it and get it back or whatever. We're not, you know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But because there was spam the pig involved, uh, Cleveland police say a detective will be assigned the case. <laughs> so if you, I mean, if you want police on your case, right. tell them you lost a little animal, a little pet. Well, yeah, because that's, that's more important than any of your property, right? Right. I lost jewelry. I lost TV. If you lost a child, they'd probably just, ah, kid probably ran away. Don't worry about it. But a pig, Um, but an animal. An animal? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. No. 888-900-3393. It's Pat Gray. You're listening to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Returns 
on the Blaze Radio Network. It's Pat Gray Unleashed. 888 You know, speaking of socialism, as Bill Riley was on the promo, it, it, not only is has the Democratic Party drifted into almost the Socialist Party. I mean, I, I'm hard-pressed to find any differences. But now they're going after the young people with this income inequality bullcrap, and it's pretty effective. And in fact, they are so committed to turning us from capitalism to socialism that uh, the Socialist Party has now produced this that they are playing all over the place for young people to see. Capitalism, it's what gives us 200 kinds of cars, 4 million kinds of apps, and 57 kinds of Hemsworths. But what is it exactly? Capitalism is a man-made economic system based on profit. It takes wealth and resources away from the public and puts it in the hands of private capitalists. Uh, no, that's that's not what capitalism does. That's not what capitalism is. And it's interesting that they use the term man-made. What economic system on earth isn't man-made? Are they implying that socialism is from God? Uh, because that's almost blasphemous. A few become enormously wealthy on the backs of the many. This consolidated control of profit and political power leads to extreme inequality. Mm. These factors all make capitalism profoundly alienating, which is why everyone and everything seems so distant, so hopeless, so odd. It doesn't seem that way. Thanks, capitalism. But there's another way. Is there? Democratic socialism. I know, I know. You probably think democratic socialism is for strong men with elaborate mustaches and French college students. It is. It is. It is. Because democratic socialism is for for everyone. everyone. Democratic socialism fights inequality by giving power back to the workers through unions and true representation. What it does is it makes everybody equal because everybody's equally freaking miserable. (laughs) That's what socialism does. It takes away opportunities to expand and grow and develop and, com- and become wildly successful. Uh, there's more. It overcomes alienation and inequality by strengthening civil rights and building solidarity among the many. Strengthening <laughs> civil rights. Ask the Jews how strengthened their civil rights were under socialism. Ask the Russians and the uh, Chinese how strengthened their civil rights are. This is just inconceivable. No system is perfect, but the one we live in now is needlessly cruel and unfair. And millions (laughs) want something new, something better. Help build that something through the Democratic Socialists of America. New members joining every day, new chapters starting every week. Wow. We're waiting. Just so you know what we're up against. This, this is what we're up against. What we have to do is combat this with knowledge of our Constitution, with our, with our young kids. They need to be taught it, and they're not being taught about the Constitution in school. So we must, as parents, as concerned citizens, supplement that educational process with our kids by doing it at home. Please get a copy of the Constitution and teach it to your kids and show them why these things work the way they do. Help them to understand that not everybody has equal outcomes. It's not supposed to be that way. You have equal opportunity, but you don't have an equal. You're, you don't have a guaranteed equal outcome. Uh, Joni in South Carolina. Hi, you're on with Pat Gray. Hi, Pat. Are you there? Yep. Oh my God, I just love you. I think you're awesome. Thank you. 
Thank you. But anyway, I when I talked to the the gentleman who answered the phone, I was just letting him know I was I'm like scared, concerned, and worried. And what you just talked about, socialism, mm-hmm. pop propaganda. I mean, right there, that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. I'm scared, petrified for what's going to happen to this country. Yeah. We need to replace that fear with with a certain amount of resolution and commitment and a determination to fight against it in our own homes. And it start that's where it starts. And and teach our kids the actual principles and values of what this country was founded upon and show them the fruits of socialism and communism. Appreciate the call, Joni. I, that's a, it's a great call because it accentuates the point of where we are now, and, and we can't be afraid. We just have to be resolute, and we have to be determined. And we got to turn this thing around, and it starts with education, and it starts with our own families. Once we educate them, then we can spread out to our neighbors and our friends. And, you know, maybe put it on your Facebook pages. And your Snapgrams and your no. Insta chats. No, you don't. And your face space. That's, All boy, those things you... are really important. I'll write them you down I mean? for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you. you uh, by the way, we're on Twitter now. Um, it's at Pat Unleashed. It is. Right? Mm-hmm. At Pat Unleashed. And thumb up me on Facebook as well. Uh, it's Pat Gray Radio. Jeff in South Dakota. Hi, you're on the blaze. Jeff? Pat, thank you very much for having me on. Thanks for calling. Yeah, God bless you guys. You're great patriots, and uh, glad to have your perspective available. Appreciate it. Uh, I've been watching healthcare batted around like a bad game of Pong Mm -hmm. for my 48 years of my existence, and and I've watched two parties do kind of a puppet show back and forth and never get anything accomplished. Yep. We We in South Dakota are part of the Powerball Lottery, where they're giving away $700 million mm-hmm. as a jackpot. And, and I originally came from Colorado, where both their lottery there and here in South Dakota is pretty crooked, where they say it's one thing, and then the funds end up kind of doing something else. Yeah, they always say and it's for education, get, right? Is that what they sold you in South Dakota? This is all going to education. South Dakota... South Dakota, we were supposed to get education and highways paid for, and then two right. years later, they changed it. Uh, and, and it happens in, in every in state, Colorado, every time. Exactly. And and part of my point is that they're giving away 10% of what they're putting in a nice, big, fat bank account. And with no accountability, and mm-hmm. if we as a society want to take it back, like you were saying, then we get together as states and people, and we we start a 50-state Powerball lottery for health care and possibly the national deficit, and you watch the people that consider lottery gambling now, if they knew that they didn't have to produce a health care card when they go to the hospital, but because our great society is using the lust and greed of the society to put back into health care, mm-hmm. could, could we as a society not fully fund health care given away like it should be in a great free state like we are? Yeah, uh, appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, yes, probably. 888-933-93. Uh, Matt Walsh. 
coming up in just a few minutes. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Back to your calls in a few minutes at 888 But first, we have uh, Matt Walsh, columnist for the Blaze, and for my money, maybe the best writer in America. Wow. Uh, and on Twitter, at Matt Walsh Blog. Um, great to have you here, Matt. Thank you. Thanks I'm, for having I'm me. I'm notorious for uh, not being a huge fan of guests on the show, um, but... Uh, you, I jumped at the chance of, of having you here since you're you're here anyway, and this is uh it's, it's great to have you. I I try to read everything you write, and it's it's always fantastic. That, that, thanks a lot. Thank you. You also have to be one of the bravest guys because you say things that nobody else will. Do, I mean, is there a certain amount of concern or any concern, or you just you just flat out throw caution to the wind? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't really use the word brave because it's it's. <laughs> The worst thing that happens is people say mean things on the internet to me. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, maybe they that's send, true. Send me a frowny face emoji or something like that. It <laughs> can be difficult to cope with sometimes. But um, no, you know, well, guess, if you've ever been emojied, I mean, you know I how been. painful that can be. It's, I have been. Yeah, I've been yeah. just all kinds of emojis. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, you get the death threats and things like that. Not yeah. to the level of, of of some people, but I haven't really. You know, when I'm out in public and things, I, I no one's ever come up to me. Unless I'm on a college campus or something like that, but just out, you know, if I'm just walking around, I've never had someone come up and say anything even rude to me. So I think for the most part, these are just people, yes, you know, behind behind their computer screens and just feeling kind of, brave because they're anonymous. Yeah. Uh, do you speak at college campuses a lot? That's got to be a difficult proposition, no? Yeah, I do. I do not as often as uh, as some people do, and I, I don't think I would get like the Ben Shapiro riot if I showed up at a, at a place, but. I've uh, I've done it a, a, a little bit, and I mean I I like to kind of mix it up with people, but it's I'd like to say that I, I go to a college ca- campus and it's great to have that discussion, that back and forth. But at least in my experience, it's not really a discussion. They either the people who disagree many times in my case they don't show up and they're huddling in a safe space, or they come and they just <laughs> shout at you. There's no there's no engagement that happens at all, right. which is really sad. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the left claims to be about inclusion and diversity and. Uh, sharing what they believe, and yet all they want to do is shut down, uh, shout down anybody who disagrees with them. Your most recent podcast is uh, posted at theblaze.com, and it's it's called uh, "This is the one cliche all Christians should stop using." What is that cliche? Uh, well, it was hard to choose just one because I feel like the kind of clicheifying of Christianity is just in full force, and just you know, many Christians, it's just their entire belief system is just like me, just slogans and memes they saw on Facebook. And this is now their entire kind of orthodoxy. But I think one of the big ones that I talk about in that podcast is, um, well, all sin is all sins are equal. Everything, you know, you can't, nothing is worse than anything else. Nobody, nobody's better or worse than anybody. All sins are equal, so you can't judge, you can't condemn. No sin is particularly worse than any other. Um, and that's not scriptural at all, because in Scripture... no. There's so many examples of throughout Old Testament to New Testament, including Jesus himself, explicitly ranking sins and saying some things are worse, some things mm-hmm. will uh, lead to greater condemnation than others. And so it's not based in Scripture. And I think for the most part, people say this because they don't, you know, we kind of want to believe if we think that, well, all sins are terrible. So it's like, 
stealing a cookie from the cookie jar is the same as essentially in God's eyes, it's the same as raping someone. If you believe that, then it's like there's no reason to attempt to live a virtuous life because no matter what, we're all rapists and killers in the end, in God's eyes. Yeah. So it kind of gives us an excuse to just kind of do what we want, and then we assume that God's just going to forgive us in the end and wipe the slate clean and we're all good to go. And it's a very dangerous lie, I think, for that reason. I I think so, too. And I I was really taken aback when I first heard that, uh, that theory, that belief that no sin is different than another. So killing somebody would be... The same as if I lie to my wife about how her pants are fitting on her. I mean, that's just, it's ridiculous. It, it's its absurd. Yeah, I think there's a part of it that could be, I, some people who say that I think they're trying to get to a certain truth, which is that all sin separates us from God. So all sin is severe. Yes. Uh, so there's a severity okay. to it. Even to tell a white lie, it's a severe thing. Some things push you further from God, though, than others. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah, I mean, if I it's like if I separate myself I'm separated from you right now because I'm sitting across the room, but I'd be more separated if I moved to Mars, right? So it's, there's, a, there's <laughs> yes. degrees of separation, and I think the same with God. We could be separated to uh, greater degrees, and that's relevant to know because if we're separated, if we're on mm. Mars, it's going to be a lot harder to get back. To, we can get back, but it's going to be harder. It's going to require more effort and pain on our part, so we, we have to know that and understand that. And, and talking about this kind of stuff, people's belief system and, and religiosity, it, it's a difficult because everybody, you know, um, is many people anyway are very passionate about what they believe and they don't like to have it challenged and, and they don't like to be told it's wrong, understandably. Um, but I think if religion was set on its head during this last campaign and um, with so many pastors and ministers embracing Donald Trump and all that he stands for and all that he does and all that he says and the multiple the multiple positions he's taken and continues to take the lies that he tells all of it excused because he's not running for pastor in chief um he's running for president how did you how do you respond to, uh, to all of that because you must have gotten a lot of criticism during that time just like uh, we did yeah like like anyone who who spoke out against Trump did and it's not about speaking out against Trump. It's just about maintaining the same principles we've had all along and applying them equally, yeah. as you know. Um, but I think with that, it's just like with anything. It's, it's, it's the same reason why, you know, I've been going to churches for 30 years, been to hundreds of different churches, and I could probably count on one hand the, the amount of times I've heard someone get up at the pulpit and speak directly on an issue like abortion or marriage or something like that. It's all, it's all, it's the same thing with Donald Trump. It's just, mm-hmm. there's a lot of very weak uh, cowards running our churches. The ch- churches in America are run, not all of them, but many of them, by weak, cowardly people who are really more like bureaucrats than 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 leaders of a church. They they just want they don't want to cause any friction. They just want to tell people what they want to hear. They just want to get through it. You know, just get through the day. Of course, you got to keep the tithes coming in, the money coming in, so you can't scare people away. Right. And then when when Trump came along, it was um, it was. I think many pastors kind of put their fingers up in the air and saw the way the wind was blowing and realized that they stood up against him. Then uh, It sure felt that way. Yeah. I, and, and I was really, I was surprised by some of the people that kind of caved in to the Trump phenomenon. I, I thought better of them, better of them. And, and certainly they've never excused that type of behavior in the past. And then all of a sudden we're told character doesn't matter. Just vote for him for, for leader of the government. I, it, it was just, I mean, I, I can't help but think that that's damaged um, our churches in this country. 
Yeah, and, I, and, and prior to this, I didn't think that the credibility of the American church could be damaged any more than it already had been <laughs> over the last 30 or 40 years. But, yeah. but now it's just at a point where I don't want to say it can't be recovered, but I don't know how... I, I don't know where we go from here. It's just it's just in ruins, and I think a lot of people look at the church in America, and I, you know, I'm saying church kind of broadly. Yeah. There are many different churches, but broadly speaking, they look at kind of Christianity in America, and they see it as sort of a joke uh, that the people who are part mm-hmm. of it don't even take it seriously, and they, they have every right to see it that way because that's how it is. That's sort of how it is. It's hard to embrace the fact that Jesus told us if you – if you stand for truth, if you if you preach my name, people are going to hate you. You're going to scare people away, and it's easy to, for us to kind of say that and read that, but to actually apply it and to embrace being hated by everyone is a really difficult thing to do, and a lot of church leaders are just not willing to do it. I think. And it's it's amazing to see how fast things have changed in our society. Uh, yesterday, we were talking quite a bit about uh, transgenderism and how that's just exploded in the past year. What, what are your thoughts on what's happening with that in this? pronoun battle and all of the things we're now expected to tolerate yeah well it's just it's utter madness it's what it is it's craziness it's just it's total insanity and i think we have to call it that i think to even to try to take into account people's feelings and the way that we address this so maybe we don't want to come out and say well it's crazy i think to even do that contributes to the problem because we all know everyone in here knows that it's crazy the, the idea that you know, someone with a, with male genitalia can be a woman. It's crazy. It's a crazy idea. It doesn't make any sense. And you go back five years. Well, yeah, probably even if you go back even five years ago, certainly 10 years ago, nobody believed this. Even, right. even on the left, it was considered a fringe right. radical opinion that nobody held and no one would have said. You certainly wouldn't have had liberal politicians in the year 20, you know, 2002 getting up and um, suggesting that men should be in women's bathrooms. So my question all along, to, particularly to these people, you say someone's like 55 years old, a liberal, and they just now are saying that, oh yeah, men can, you know, doesn't matter what your genitalia says, you could be a man or woman, whatever. What happened? Why did you change your mind? Because you lived your entire life assuming that, you know, men have male genitalia. <laughs> You've changed your mind in the last two years. What, was there some sort of scientific breakthrough? Did, did something <laughs> happen? Was, was, did, was something revealed to us from the clouds that I didn't, that I miss it? And uh, nobody can explain to me what was the, because it wasn't, it wasn't science. It was just a rapid cultural, this kind of rapid cultural decay just brought us here and people are kind of going for the ride. We're the ones who are continually being accused of being science deniers. Yet a man who has male body parts can identify as a woman and they don't have a problem with that. Uh, It's amazing. It's amazing. We cannot tolerate that. Having that thrown at us, the science denier thing, because this is, we're talking about people who believe that about men and women, you know, uh, that, that men can get, pre- they believe men can get pregnant. And, uh, and they also believe that, well, what's in the womb is, uh, even though it was conceived by humans, the, the, that, the, 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 the being in the womb is not a human being. So right. men can conceive and bear in their womb non-human life forms that magically <laughs> become human when they emerge from the male birth canal. I mean, this is, and that's science to them. It's total, ins- I go back to it, it's madness, it's insanity. And uh, what it is really, it's a religious dogma on their part. This is a religion, it's a superstition. It's got no bearing, uh, no relationship to science at all. And you've, you've never held back in, in your defense of traditional marriage and families. But at the rate we're currently changing here, I, what do you see as the condition of, like, for instance, what do you say to people who, who ask you, how does that affect your marriage at all if, if homosexuals are allowed to marry? 
How does that change you in any way? How am I hurting you? Well, I say two things. Number one, I reject the premise that I can only care about things if they directly impact my life. Mm-hmm. We used to call that selfishness. <laughs> like you only care. Well, it doesn't affect me, so I don't care. They used to be considered selfish. I can't really tell you. I don't know how exactly it would directly affect me right away if we all decided to pretend that squares are triangles and triangles are squares. If I try to go out and build a house, it's going to affect me. If I, if I walk into a building that's been, that's been built under that understanding of geometry, it's going to affect me. But as I sit right here right now, it's not going to affect me. I would still be against it because it's not true. It, it, it's, I have a, a vested interest as a human being in the truth. And so it's just not true. And so I would say, no, squares are squares, triangles are triangles. So this is just, it's a matter of definitions. Marriage is a certain thing. So that's the first thing. Second, it does actually affect me um, when we live in a culture that buys into these lies, um, particularly lies about family and marriage, it does affect me. And when we see what's mm-hmm. happened in our, in our society from the decay of the family and of marriage, there are a lot of side effects um, from you know, drug abuse to crime to you know, what's going on in the schools. All that goes back to the collapse of the family. And yeah, I'm affected by all that. My kids especially are affected by that. And this is part of that, you know, yeah, part and, of that problem. And it's that it's that slippery slope that is such a cliche. But we, you know, look how quickly it went from the vast majority of Americans being opposed to, not necessarily opposed to gay marriage, but in favor of traditional marriage. That turned around so quickly. And now... They're turning around this gender issue so quickly as well. You have to wonder what comes after that. And you have to say, well, if all of this is okay, certainly polygamy is okay, oh, yeah. right? I mean, if you, can't, if you can't legislate love, you can't tell me I can't love two women either. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, polygamy is less an affront to the natural order than homosexual marriage is, so um, so certainly polygamy, we, we, we have to add in and, and incest even, and you just keep going down the line. But I think the only way, the problem that we have, when I say we, I mean, people who believe in quote unquote traditional marriage, one of the problems we've had all along, and I think a lot of liberals pointed this out and did so correctly, that we were not entirely consistent in what we consider to be marriage and in our, you know, standing for marriage, mm-hmm. um, you know, we see the divorce epidemic, and it's it's there, there. There weren't very many Christians willing to speak out about that, as that's been increasing over the last fifty years. So we have to come up with a really solid um, idea of what marriage is, what it's supposed to do, how it functions, what it does in society, why we have it, and we have to stick to that, no matter what threatens it, whether it's divorce, mm-hmm. whether it's gay marriage, whatever it is. Um, and I think. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is that Christians were compromising on the definition of marriage and they began compromising long before the LGBT lobby showed up. And so this was just an extension of that. From your vantage point, um, what are the prospects of, of America getting back, uh, turning back towards God? I mean, do you, you see that happening? And if so, how? Um, it's, hard, it's hard for me to see that happening. I wish I could. People get on my case because I'm too pessimistic or whatever, but... I think I'm just being um, realistic. Realistic. I, I'm just observing what's going on in the, in the world. Mm-hmm. I don't see any evidence of, I'm not saying it's impossible, but mm-hmm. where is the evidence? Uh, where are the seeds that have been planted that might grow into this spiritual revival in America? I don't see them. You know, I don't see the evidence that we're on that path. 
Uh, I don't know where it's going to start. It instead looks like we're on the path that Europe took. Right. I think we're on the path to collapse and, uh, and can we turn back from that? I don't know. I, is there an example in history of, um, a civilization that is collapsing because of its moral decay and then all of a sudden just stops <laughs> and heads the other direction? It's I, an I, uncomfortable question because the answer, of course, is no, it's, no, uh, it's yeah. never happened. It's never happened. Uh, so you recently wrote the book, uh, The Unholy Trinity. Where can that be had? Um, you can find that at, uh, I think you can still find it at Barnes & Noble unless they've taken it, taken it out by now. Or you can go to Amazon. Um, I okay. think that's the main way people buy it is just go to Amazon and look for it. And then, and then where do people find you and your, and your uh, tremendous articles? Well, uh, I got a channel on The Blaze. Go to theblaze.com slash Matt Walsh or you just go to Facebook. You know, it's where a lot of people go to find my stuff. Appreciate your viewpoint. Appreciate your, uh, your willingness to say the things you say. And, and th- thanks for stopping by. Appreciate, Appreciate it. Thank it. you. Matt Walsh. Uh, 888-900-3393. It's Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray Unleashed. The Blaze Radio Network. Gray Unleashed. 888 Pat Gray. Uh, let's, uh, let's go to Marquita in Virginia. Hi, you're on The Blaze with Pat Gray. Hi, Pat. I, Hi. I, I have two things right off the bat. First okay. of all, don't ever let them leash you again. You were so much fun, Unleashed. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, I really enjoy this show. It also is... Thank you for everyone at Mercury One for everything that they do. I, I see so many great things. Y'all are yeah. a lot like the new Paul Harvey. You can always count on what y'all say or the advertisers that you allow on um, that it's valid and it's a good thing. So thank, thank you. Okay, so on a comic relief note, uh, going back to the Kroger cards or grocery cards in general, um, one way I have found to be able to – Get the $9 steak instead of the $94 steak when I don't have a grocery card is turn to the person behind me and go, oh, gosh, do you have a card? Mm. Would you like my points? Oh, yeah, yeah go ahead. <laughs> then we yeah. Do it that uh, way. That, yes, that's a good technique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you do you have one of them or do you just do that every time? You know, I'm an over-the-road truck driver, and if I were to carry all those grocery cards um. I, I would need a whole nother backpack. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. It's it's inconvenient and it's it bulky in your pocket, and I I hate it. So appreciate it. That's a good yeah. safety tip, though. Thank you, Marquita. Um, oh, did you have something on? Oh, it's too late. We we can cut her loose. Premature hang up elation. Uh, that's all right. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh, Bill Maher the other day on his uh, show was uh, talking about global warming. Uh, and uh, spewing the same falsehoods that are spewed on a, on a daily basis by the left. Uh, here's what he had to say. Even though everything that scientists said was going to happen, 
that the waters were going to get warmer and this is going to soup up the storms and that Irma's the soup worst the storm ever and Harvey oh, okay. was a 500 to 1 shot and they've had uh -huh. three of three years in a row with 500 to 1 shots. Uh, no, the we right-wingers are still, no, we can't blame climate change. Yes, I agree. My theory is it has something to do with Hillary's emails. <laughs> Just the unadulterated ignorance uh, of how you pick out the last two weeks as opposed to the previous 12 years where none of that happened. I don't know what he's talking about for a 500-year story. Sandy, maybe? That wasn't the last three years. What did we have last year and the year before? There was, nothing, there was no major hurricane. And when there was no major hurricane from the time Al Gore released his ridiculous movie, The Inconvenient Truth, until just a couple of weeks ago... And you didn't notice anything going on then? That didn't mean that there wasn't global warming. But now that something has happened again, a dozen years later, all of a sudden now that too is global warming. And by the way, everything they said was going to happen hasn't happened. That's just a flat out lie. The ocean's getting warmer. Listen to this report that, that played, the, I think this came out maybe, maybe two years ago and I couldn't believe it. So we've saved it ever since. This was from a, uh, a CBS News report. Carbon emissions also trap heat. Today's report shows oceans have absorbed 90% of that heat, yeah. raising wow. ocean temperatures by half a degree. Uh -huh. Had all that heat gone into the atmosphere, yeah. air temperatures could have risen by more than 200 degrees. <laughs> okay. Okay, what? Okay, they predicted the ocean was going to get warmer. Supposedly, the surface temperature is up uh, slightly. But did you not understand how the climate works in the first place that the heat would be absorbed by the ocean and save us a 200 degree air temperature increase? C can nobody see the lunacy of this? What do you mean you didn't know? You didn't know, so you didn't predict that the temperature would only go up slightly because the rest of the heat would be incorporated into the ocean. Otherwise, instead of a day like we're having another beautiful day, by the way, in uh, the Dallas Metroplex, where it's about 75 degrees, it would be 275 degrees. Right. It isn't. So that tells me you didn't know what you were talking about then. You don't know what you're talking about now. You don't even know how the, uh, the system, the Earth's climate system works. Otherwise, you would have predicted it was going to be absorbed by the ocean, right? I just... Uh, and then you've got numbskulls like Stevie Wonder at this. Uh, what was the, oh this was at a uh, this was at a concert, a charity concert to raise money for the for the storm damage for Harvey and Irma, and uh, Stevie Wonder t turned it into this. We've come together today to love on the people that have been devastated by the hurricanes. Yes. When love goes into action. Mm -hmm. It prefaces no color of skin, mm. no ethnicity, mm -hmm. no religious beliefs, no sexual preferences, mm. and no political persuasions. It just loves. That's beautiful. As we should begin to love and value our planet mm -hmm. and anyone who believes that there is no such thing as global warming must be blind oh, or geez. unintelligent. Lord, please save us all. Hey, wait a minute. Yeah, Lord, please save us all from the likes of Stevie Wonder, who doesn't know a thing about what he's talking about. That is just unreal. 
so. You must be blind <laughs> or unintelligent if you don't believe in man-made global warming. Or in Stevie Wonder's case, he's both. <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. Okay. Has he seen any evidence? Has he seen any evidence of global warming? Uh, no, he actually <laughs> no, hasn't seen yeah. it. No. <laughs> He hasn't seen a single. Good, I like it. Good use of the rim shot See? there. Yeah, see what I did there? <laughs> Have you seen any evidence of global warming being caused by man? No, neither is he. So, uh, have you seen Stevie Wonder's new house? Mm-mm. Neither is he. I'm here all week. Try the veal. Uh, I, I, I just, it's madness. It's just madness. Because as we discussed, where have you guys been the last 12 years? How come that wasn't... It was the last 12 years of no major hurricanes, zero, none hitting the American mainland. Was that evidence of global warming too? Or did the evidence of global warming just take a 12-year respite? It rested for a while, and now it's here again. Just like the temperature, by the way, which stopped rising for 18 years. And, and they deny that as well. Yeah, but uh, let's go to Susan real quick uh, in Rhode Island. Hi, Susan. You're on the blaze. Hi, Pat. Hi. I wanted to congratulate you on your new show. Thank you. It's excellent. Appreciate it. Um, you, I will be with you every afternoon, as I am with Glenn every morning. Love that. Thank you. Um, you are probably the most conservative talk show host out there. Truly conservative. You understand the Constitution and what that means, and I appreciate it more than you know. I'm stuck here in probably the most progressive state in the union. Yeah, Rhode Island. And there are that's a few be of tough. us. That's we be are tough. outnumbered here. Yeah. Outnumbered. Yep. But I appreciate all that you do. Thank you. And I thank you very much for having Matt Walsh on. I love him and adore him too. So do I, yeah. And uh, just keep up the work that you're doing. I'll and do it. Uh, next time I'll call in with more specifics on what you're talking about. I just wanted to get some congratulations in. Appreciate and it. And God blessings. You too. Thank you. Appreciate it, Susan. More Pat Gray coming up in a second. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. A professor teaches us how we keep Title IX in effect. Rape. Whoa. That's all you need is rape. What? I'll explain coming up in the next program. Plus, we'll learn how to fix the VA with a veteran's attorney. And we'll be raped by Cal's app of the week. What? I mean, we're still doing this? (laughs) Hasn't it run its course? Really? (laughs) The Morning Blaze. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, thanks for being here. 888-900-3393 to participate. It is Pat Gray. I love this uh, Donald Trump Jr. tweet from um, yesterday. (laughs) If you've listened to me for any length of time, you know I'm not a huge (laughs) fan of the Trump family, of the president. Although, you know, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. We're trying very hard to do that. Sure. It is, he's making it really hard with all these deals with Democrats, which we'll probably get into a little bit tomorrow. But, and I'm not a huge Donald Trump Jr. fan, uh, that's for sure. But Michael Moore tweeted out after these 
after the hurricanes that at the especially Irma that just hit Florida, uh, he tweeted about Donald Trump. Has he opened up Mar-a-Lago yet as a shelter? <laughs> That's his massive. I guess it's a resort and home uh, down in Florida. Uh, so that was that was his question to try to pin this on Trump like he doesn't care about people and he hasn't opened it up as, as a place of refuge for people affected by the storm. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. tweeted out, um, Mar-a-Lago, it's on an island on both the ocean and intercostal <laughs> and in a mandatory evacuation zone. So probably not the best idea, but you know, narrative. <laughs> it's just a it's just a perfect response to that uh, of calling out Michael Moore and he, you know the fact that he throws reason out the window but he's got this narrative he wants to push forward about Donald Trump being a hateful guy who doesn't care about people when in fact even if he wanted to open up Mar-a-Lago he couldn't it was in an evacuation zone yeah it's just it's, that's genius. Yeah, that just uh, and that's just the feel good story of the day. And I, I'm sorry, I, I love the um, I, I love the sarcastic use of the um, of the hashtag there at the end narrative. Yeah, I mean because that's I just like it. an exclamation point. That is like the it the is. new exclamation point. It's like, can you come up with a witty uh, hashtag at the end? Good job. Yeah, yeah very good job. Also, uh, speaking of all this global warming stuff, the, the calls to to punish people who are skeptical about global warming as a criminal offense are surging now uh, in the aftermath of Harvey and Irma. Um, They actually want people who deny that. I mean, not even that the temperature has gone up. I'll give you that. I don't care. It's 0.9 degrees. Actually, that's good for crops. It's good for us. And it's good for my wife who's cold all the time. I'm, I'm sure she's glad. It's, it's almost a degree warmer than it used to be. Um, so I'll give you that. But if I say it's not necessarily caused by man, then I'm supposed to be charged with a crime of some sort? You can't do this stuff in the United States of America. Uh, let's see. There's something called... Uh, oh, the First Amendment. Right. The, the guarantee you the right to free speech. A retired Georgia Tech professor, though, argued on her Climate Etc. website. Her name is Judith Curry. She said uh, that the the Hurricane Irma, which hit Florida as a Category 4, was fueled in large part by a, quote, very weak, unquote, wind shear, and that the hurricane intensified despite Atlantic Ocean temperatures that were not unusually warm. Now, see, that kind of talk could get her in mm. a lot of stinking trouble and hauled before a judge. I mean, it's getting to that extent now. Climate change denial should be a crime, <laughs> was a headline on September 1st in the outline. Mark Hertzgard argued in his September 7th article in The Nation, another super liberal progressive uh, publication, It was titled, Climate Denialism is Literally Killing Us. That murder is murder, and we should punish it as such. Wow. (laughs) Wait a minute. So climate denying is akin to murder now, and you should be tried as if you're a murderer. But I... uh... The suggestion that those who run afoul of the climate change consensus, in particular government officials, should face charges, comes with temperatures flaring over the link between hurricanes and greenhouse gas emissions. The link. Like yeah. like it's a like it's a fact. Like it's a fact. Like it's a fact. 
And it's not a fact. It is it's simply not a fact. Even Al Gore. Okay. What is the argument? The argument is CO2, right? CO2 drives temperature up. Okay. So if we're put, putting CO2 into the atmosphere, mm-hmm. that and we, we've put so much into it that it pushes the temperature up. Frankly, the sun has nothing to do with this. Don't worry about that 2 million degree burning orb in the sky. Don't worry about that. Okay. That's got nothing to say about temperature. Noted. It's, it's that the CO2 is driving the temperature up. Okay? So, here's what Al Gore admitted about CO2. The temperature goes up before the CO2 sometimes goes that's, up. Sometimes that has been true in the past. The opposite has also been true. Well, okay, th- sometimes that has been true in the past. The opposite has also been true. Well, that, that means that we don't know that. <laughs> That means we don't know. No. That's not proof of anything. No, Pat. It means that they get it both ways. They get their way either way. So if the CO2 goes into the atmosphere and it's proven positive that that drives up the temperature, you might think, okay, well, I mean, CO2 is a naturally occurring phenomenon also, but maybe we're putting too much into the atmosphere and now the temperature is warming. But it happens the other way as well. So that means that the temperature has risen of its own accord. Okay, just a natural phenomenon. Nothing has caused this. The temperature has gone up. And because it's warmer, we have more CO2 in the atmosphere. Well, that's nothing we can control. We can't fix that. The whole premise he just admitted is faulty. And yet, we're idiots. We're blind. According to Stevie Wonder, we're blind or unintelligent if we can't see it. And by the way, what what is a uh, a music icon like Stevie Wonder doing offending half of the people who listen to him? It's just it's bizarre to me. Do do they think that ninety nine percent of Americans are on board? They should take a look at a poll sometime because this is not the issue they think it is. Uh, Linda in California, hi, you're on with Pat Gray. Hi, Pat. I just wanted to convey a personal anecdote thing about. Um, universal health care or Medicare, or, you know, for all or whatever. Okay. My grandmother has it in or had it in Canada. She had the one p- single payer thing. And first of all, she had hardening of the arteries. And instead of doing angioplasty, which would have saved her legs, they took off first one leg and then the other. And she passed away oh my shortly gosh. thereafter because the care was terrible. Good heavens. So instead of just doing a sim- simple angioplasty, they amputated her legs? Right. How old was she at the time? She was 77. She oh my was gosh. quite young for doing that. Oh, my gosh. And she used to love to walk. She would walk miles a wow. day. And then after that, she just gave up hope. Yeah, and- I, can, I can see how that might happen. Um, so did she ever consider... Going south of the border and coming to the United States for another opinion? My uncle was an attorney, and he thought he was getting her the best care. And I have another uncle who had a similar situation with a simple appendectomy, and they didn't do it properly. The doctors up there were not the best in the world. Mm -hmm. And he had a simple appendectomy that, that later became infected, and they... He he almost passed away because it took them so long to do the corrective surgery that he was not 
not well, you know. And wow. after that, he passed away shortly thereafter. So I would be opposed to single payer. Um, I'm glad I'm older now, so I won't. If it does happen, I won't live under it that long. But I fear for everyone who's your age and my daughter's age and younger because it's terrible. Yeah, appreciate the call. Thanks, Linda. And I mean, those are anecdotal stories, but there's a lot of them. And when you talk to people from Canada, and we've talked to Brian, um, what's his face from? Uh, Brian Lilly. Yeah, Brian Lilly, who's told us many stories about Canada. He lives in Canada, obviously. He's with, he was with, um, was it Sky News? What what did they call that? Uh, Sun News? Sun News, yeah. It's Sky in Britain. It's Sun. It was Sun in Canada, which has since gone out of business. But um, he had all kinds of stories about Canada's healthcare problems. It's just, it's not the be-all and end-all. It's not the fix-it. Uh, situation that you want it to be would it be nice not to have to pay for health care sure uh but here's the thing somebody is paying for it <laughs> it's the taxpayers and, so if you're paying taxes you're paying for it and it's pretty telling when the leaders of all of these countries that have these socialized medicine and these great plans they all end up here when they're they all back come here. is against the wall personally yeah yes I mean, are they going to Canada for for quality care? Are they going to Great Britain? Nobody does that. Hey, I'm really sick. I'm going to fly to Toronto to get this looked at because their socialized medicine is so superior. No one does that. When the when push comes to shove and you want you want medical care that is critical to saving your life, you're coming here. Tom in New Jersey. Hi, you're on the Blaze. Hello there. Um, I sort of have a different perspective on that, and okay. I have a anecdote, so I don't want to take a lot of your time. What I was more trying to convey, hoping to convey, is the idea that we already have Medicaid. Yes. And Medicaid covers people when they don't have money. True. Really without prerequisite. And so the idea that we're moving into some sort of new ground beyond just expanding it. That is socialism. I mean, you've got now... A socialized healthcare system. How is that not socialism? I'm sorry, but I didn't hear your last sentence. I'm sorry. But okay. Well, the if, market forces predominate uh-huh. even in those socialized. They have competing contracts that are driven by the market. It's not like they're telling private corporations you can't compete. You must do our program. It's everyone gets to compete for the option of being in that program because they're going to get guaranteed government money yes that we all are paying but yes. at the same time which is i personally didn't go into bankruptcy because i got an infection they were talking about taking my hand off because i got hit with a piece of wood at work i'm an independent contractor uh-huh. i don't have great insurance and so if i hadn't had the obamacare i would be bankrupt hence then i would be taking all sorts of other public spendings for the fact that I wouldn't have any money, I'd be in the poorhouse bankrupt. Well, so I mean, save money or hurt, you know? No, it could because if you weren't on Obamacare, you're on Obamacare. I am. Well, if you didn't, if if there was no Obamacare, you'd be on some other private system. You'd be on a, a private payer, and yes, our private payers become part of Obamacare. But if if that system didn't exist, you would have your insurance just through a private carrier. So, well, I mean, if one could afford it, and if there was enough regulation, which I know is a kind of dirty word, but if there were enough regulation so that they didn't we need, limit... We need less regulation, not more, Tom. We need less regulation. It's, it's regulation that it. has got us it. into I this. I mean, I, I, nobody likes rules. They're a pain to deal with. 
But at the same time, the reason they came up with a lot of regulation, which was good regulation, is because capitalists, which I love, I'm a capitalist, I want everybody to make money, but I don't want people to rip people off and exploit people like the guy did with... Yeah, well, I don't don't want that either. You don't think the government is going to rip people off? (laughs) I mean, the government rips us off every day. There's so much corruption. There's far more corruption in the federal government than there is in private corporations. I mean, I, I can I ask him a question? Yeah, go ahead. Six one half dozen. There's good and bad and everything. Hey, Tom. But Tom. Idea. Tom. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just have a quick question for you. You say you have Obamacare, and yep. you, did you not have any kind of health insurance before you had Obamacare? I've had different insurances depending on the jobs that I've had. But but no. was, right. was there a gap in there? You know, at certain places where you didn't have any kind of coverage. Have I worked for people that offered no health insurance? Sure. Okay, but but you had the choice to go out and find health insurance or to perhaps maybe have another job that, that provided that. I guess, I guess the point from people like me is that I don't want to be forced into anything. I don't want to be forced into having a transaction with any private company or with the government that, that somehow that I am, am compelled through threat of force to, to have a health insurance I think that's the issue here. We're, we're, we're glad that you're covered by a program, and there's going to be something out there, and I think Pat's point is, is exactly right with the private insurance. Somebody private is going to be able to help you out. I, I've, I have depended on, on, uh, on a private charity before when I was younger and had a daughter. Um, so there are options available. I think when you compel everyone else to get on board with something, that's the antithesis of freedom. Well, it's unconstitutional. Right. And well, either you care about the con- constitution or you don't. We're all allowed to make our choice, and we have one vote, as opposed to being told, well, you're a part of this system, I think is what you're saying. And no one is forcing anyone to be a part of a safety net. Well, yeah, they are. Yeah, you are forced it. to have, yeah. you are currently, presently, forced to carry insurance by Obamacare. And if you don't, you pay a a penalty. You pay a fine. So we are being forced. It is socialism. It's a too big government coming down, bearing down on its people. And look, I'm not saying, appreciate the call, Tom. I'm not saying that the, the system before Obamacare was perfect. It's not, but we could have tweaked it. We could have made improvements to it we didn't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater, uh, which i think is the second continue uh second uh day in a row that i've been able to use that phrase oh. um but we all we had to do was make it more free free market not less uh stop the regulation not put on more regulation we could have increased competition across state lines which would have helped a lot we could have come up with some answer for people with pre-existing conditions we didn't have to turn to this hideous system where you're forcing people unconstitutionally to buy something they don't want to buy 888 more pat gray coming up pat gray on the blaze radio network I love the theory 
that, hey, we already have certain aspects of socialism, so what's wrong with even more of it? Everything. Everything is wrong with more of it. Just because, yeah, we have a uh, progressive income tax, too, which is, you know, a form of communism. Uh, do we want more of that or less of that? I want less. <laughs> yeah, we got, we've got Medicare, sure. Um, do we want to have Medicare for every single person in this country and bankrupt the system? Nope. Nope. Sure don't. But I... It's, I'm always amazed when I run into that uh, that that line of thinking that, well, it's, we're already doing some of that. So why, why is it bad to do more? <laughs> it's, it's a crappy system to begin with. We shouldn't be doing what we're already doing. Certainly don't put more of it on us. George in Delaware, you're on the blaze. Pat, thanks so much for taking my call. <clears throat> uh, to your point uh, before commercial break, when people were polled in the country, 80 to 83 percent agreed that even though their health care was expensive, they liked it. So yes. why didn't we just deal with the 17 percent, number one? Yes. Number two, I thought it interesting today watching the show, and great show, by the way, that how many calls, no matter what topic you guys are going on, uh, climate, climate change and whatever, so many people want to talk about health care. And to your yeah. earliest point, if the government, if we do go single payer, what you mentioned before about how things continue and what I find so uh, amazed, stunning by so many people in this country that they always think that there's a definite, definite stopping point where if the mm. government gets control of health care, <laughs> it doesn't then stop. Where, then what's second, third, fifth, a hundredth from there? Now mm-hmm. all the smokers, will they then say, well, since we are taking care of your health care, now you can't smoke. Absolutely now you will can't happen. Eat sugar. Absolutely. Now you can't have soda. Now yes. you have to belong to a gym. Yes. Now you have to. Now you have to. And people just go right along with it. It's, it's just, it's stunning. And it makes sense I to mean, them because they don't want to pay for for your fatness or your health problems exactly. down the road. They don't want exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But yep. once they, once you've given the control, like we, you, we always say, you know, um, it's not coming back. That's exactly right. Thanks, George. Appreciate it. Uh, Stephanie in Maryland. Hi, you're on with Pat Gray. Hi, Pat. Hi. Hi, I'm calling in about the uh, Obamacare and mm-hmm. Medicare. I have had medical issues all my life. I started working and paying into the system when I was, I started working when I was 15, started paying into taxes and disability, Social Security, all of that. Uh, worked for 15 years in and out of the hospital, but I always kept a good coverage through my employer. Um, When I got married, I went on my husband's insurance and eventually had to quit working because of my disabilities. Mm. But when I applied for Medicare uh, Part B coverage, um, because I was was put on disability, applied for Medicare Part B coverage, so they were taking some out of my disability check to cover that. Um, They did not cover any claims. They paid 10 cents in a year and a half worth of medical claims. Oh my gosh. You know, uh, 10 cents. So, wow. I I finally wrote in. Is that because of your deductible? No, no, no. This was just what they were taking out of my disability check to apply towards Medicare Part B. Oh, wow. When you go on disability, you automatically get Part A, which is hospitalization. But Part B is what you, is what's supposed to cover doctor's visits and. They covered 10 cents. So I wrote in and explained to them that I cannot continue to donate out of the little bit of disability that I get. 
and they actually sent me a large refund check for the amounts that I had paid over that year and a half. But we decided to just stick with my husband's insurance. When Obamacare kicked in, we went from having a decent, you know, premiums were expensive, but we were getting coverage we needed. We had a copay at the doctor. Now we have deductibles that are so high just in January and February, just for my medications, we had to pay out $3,500 just in January and mm. February, $3,500 to meet our deductible, which still didn't meet it. My husband has cancer. We're, we're in our mid-40s. He still works. But Obamacare has made it impossible for us to get any coverage because we're paying mm. for people who who... I have no problem helping out people who are truly in need. I have grown well, sure. up all my life volunteering, yep. doing all of that until I got sick enough that, that I'm pretty much at home or in the hospital. So we went in for my husband's scope for his cancer check, and we had to walk out because we still had $700 that we had to pay that day for his uh, bladder cancer scope, and we had to walk out. We thought we had met our mm. deductible which was $7,000. We evidently had not met it. So Obamacare definitely affects the um, even the private insurances, the employee employer insurances. And again, I have no problem taking care of, uh, you know, helping people who need help. But mm-hmm. there are too many people out there taking advantage right. of the handouts. And it's a, it, it makes it so that the people who are working hard, paying for their insurance, you're you're not even covered. You're you're not. You have the the deductibles are so high. Yeah. Premiums are so high. You're basically donating all of the the premium to someone else to have like a sex change operation or something. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Stephanie. And you know, it's you're not helping other people when it's just being taken from you by the government and then distributed in whatever way they see fit. That's not charity. It's charity when we give to others of our own free will. When it's forced, that's something else entirely. So the taxation of us because of Obamacare is not helping anybody. It's going to the government and then they squander it. So that's certainly not charity. All right. See you back here tomorrow. Same place. Same time. Pat Gray, Unleashed. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.